0: to the boys of the golden throne baby
1: baby girl baby girl how you doing Ma. tonight teo
0: um i'm eating spicy ramen drinking coffee Ooh. and concocting strange heresy lists
1: ah
2: he's taking a, a a purse a private trip to japan with some spicy ramen
1: <laughs> spicy was, beef ramen say, don't you like everything that you eat is spicy
0: not really actually
1: oh you're a bland man
0: No, uh, I just, (laughs) in the years, my butthole does not favor my flavor palette.
1: Uh, So we're carrying on our chafe butthole talk from pre-show into the main show. (laughs) And once again, within like 30 (laughs) seconds, we're talking about assholes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, You know, pure bocce tea. um, There's a quota that we have to meet. Yeah. Yes.
0: Exactly. So, yeah, I'm just eating some spicy ramen, having some coffee because I've been extra sleepy lately. OK. All right. And uh, due to a agreement that I made with Virgin, he really wants me to either do a Terminator army or a militia army. Mm. So I've been like brain concocting. Brains stew. Brainstew. stew. Yeah. Yeah. So.
1: All right. Well, I'm just sitting here with John in the Otter Den and he, I am drinking one of my classic C Drays. and John what do they say in French. He, he, or in the audience. <laughs> John, what do you what do you got there? You got I you thought got it was a sour, a, I
2: thought it was a sour. I think there might have been two grapefruit beers that are my brain I think there might have been two grapefruit beers and he heard me just say grapefruit IPA. Mm-hmm. But there was a grapefruit sour and I asked for that but I got a grapefruit IPA.
1: And I don't like grapefruit but I tried it and it is quite quaffable. It is good. It's Phillips. Right? A quaffable beer. It's a very it, it you know it, i would say it's a good i took a sip and i could see myself sitting on the back deck during the summer yeah it's super nice you know maybe building th- some I, terrain it's a very summer beer yes yeah, and it's like it's one of those
2: beer like i i always think that citrus and ipa go together really well cuz mm-hmm. that like
1: hop, well, it it, cuts, the really it cuts hoppy hot, the balance, yeah it's right? like
2: very like hoppy and citrusy at the same time it's yeah mm. complement each other
1: so you know, we're drinking alcoholic. We've got a fruity, a fruity, and a spicy over uh, over a Nanaimo. Well, well we my coffee's not spicy, not spicy, but it, neither of them are alcoholic.
0: No, no. Last time I drank on the podcast, we talked about the dick size of things.
1: <laughs> yeah, you were a little you were a little turned up. I think we can promise there
2: will be at least. Sixteen percent less dick talk. Less <laughs> Only
3: sixteen
0: <laughs> percent. That's not even a big drop.
1: Yeah. Well, I can't. I can't promise things that probably won't happen. Look, alcohol is definitely not the main driver of the dick talk between the three of us. Just it happens. happens. It just Stay happens. It's just. Na- it's natural. It's. Uh, <laughs> I, I. It's uh, Darwinism. Yeah. Exactly. Darwinism. Probably. I don't know. Dickwinism? <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> so Teo. What do we uh, tell the the listeners, the fair listeners, what we are up to this week?
0: Well, we're going to be talking a little bit about our hobby and shame progress. Shame. Uh, we got uh, like a pre-main, a little little biggity-bick about us talking about our dudes looking for dudes event.
1: Yeah, this past weekend. Finally got to yeah. see you in the flesh for the first time in a little It was bit. good
0: stuff. Yeah, I we actually had a game together too. It was even the weirdest thing.
1: I know. We actually got, it's like... I, I think we're still maybe count on on one hand the amount of games Our, that. What did okay. you Oh you guys played Titanicus? We did. Right? Hey, yes.
0: No spoilers. Hmm. No spoilers. And then know. uh <laughs> uh AJ did an interview with a CK Studios.
1: Yeah, a little update from Cat and Caleb. Uh, I, I I was supposed to get this out last week, but so there, to. there is going to be a little bit of talk about something that happened last weekend, so my apologies about that, but we couldn't get the three of us all together and record, and we kind of wanted to save it, save the chat for our dudes looking for dudes event, so, uh, yeah. but yeah, awesome chat with Cat and Caleb, so stay tuned to that, and then of course, the best part of the show, or at least Teo's new favorite part of the show of... L- of NPR AJ landing this pig, I love it. NPR
0: landing, the, NPR AJ showed up to the house. Mm-hmm. Yes, donate funds or get fucked.
1: I think you could definitely hear the bit of a hangover in my NPR AJ voice from last episode. <laughs> from uh, the 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 couple of drinks that we might have partaken in. The
0: couple—that's yeah. a nice word for it.
1: Yes. So let's uh, not waste any time and we will come back in a minute to talk about our hobby and shame. Shame. Our tutor who art in Nottingham, Duncan be thy name. Our Our paints paints be thinned, our our layers be smooth, on plastic as it is on resin. Give us this day our daily tip, and forgive us our poor edge highlighting, as we forgive those who bring unpainted armies. Lead us not into math hammer, but fully closed armies. All praise Noil. Shame, shame, shame!
0: Shame
1: on me! Yeah. Welcome back to the Hobby and Shame. Uh, it kind of a, that was a little uh, spoiler for uh, the first segment of our Hobby and Shame. So take it away, Tao.
0: Well, everybody, uh, <laughs> uh, it sounded like a... you
1: were like a substitute teacher that yeah. maybe was drinking in in the parking lot a little bit before. Hey, everybody. I... Hey,
0: everybody. Yeah, let's do this. Uh Yeah, so spoiler alert, I just suck fat dick again, and <laughs> I absolutely hate painting or building miniatures right now.
1: But you're into the brain stews. You're into the list concoction. Cause
0: I'm into the list concoction, and I just I just, I just, can't bring myself to paint. I've tried it multiple times, and I start and I just get angry. Are
1: you... And I know
0: if I try to force it,
2: I'll just fuck it up.
1: No, I don't want you to force it because the scar, we're, we want you to. To push Hey man, stars. it happens,
2: right? Yeah, it's not totally. supposed to be a chore. if you don't feel like doing it. You can't you don't do yeah. it Yeah, hey, look story. at my
1: Alpha Legion. I stopped painting them for what? Like almost two fucking years? I think it was 18 yeah.
2: years Eight. ago he started.
1: <laughs> I was just Back and it
2: was still black and white, and AJ had no hair on his chin. But I had one yeah. pube. He had one, one pube, pube, but it was on his bum, not his nuts for some but reason. Pube? It,
1: was, it was like six inches long. Six inches. It was, it like inches. A it was it l-
2: scary. It yep. looked like a just a single hair flapping in the wind.
1: Moving Lapping on. <laughs> but yeah,
0: but so I just I haven't been able to get myself to paint. Uh, like life is busy as well, but it's it's not something that relieves the stress as it usually does.
1: Are you are you stuck on like a certain stage or because I know you're Mr. Bash Paint, so like is, is it's something that you're just it's, in a repeat? Uh of like it's it? a few
0: factors. It's um like getting everything out and ready to paint because I'm trying to reorganize my
2: areas. God, I don't have a lot of, time, right? That yeah. really is. It's like the feeling of like, Oh, if I want to paint, I have to do a bunch of shit before I can even start fucking. Exactly. Painting. So yeah. there's like
0: that <laughs> combined with like other life stresses. And then the fact that when I do want to paint how I'm painting this army requires time. And this is, this is generally why I don't paint this way because <laughs> I just don't have the time. Yeah. And that's
2: okay. You don't have to rush this project, and you'll
0: be no, happy in
2: the long run when yeah. you, you know, when you do get your moments of passion to actually want to put paint to a brush and like fucking put the time into it, it'll exactly. pay off still.
0: Yeah, it will. It's just going to be a lot longer of a project that I think. So you I think I, that's
1: what you're kind of getting frustrated a bit as well of that you're used to the quick, like your quickness, and then you're seeing the results a lot quicker, and by not seeing those results, you're getting a little bit pooped out.
0: Uh, it's not even about results because every time I sit down and paint and I enjoy it, I get a lot done. But I can't even get past that initial stage.
1: Well, maybe uh, it'll come. <laughs> like I don't know. I go I through it goes on and off. I someday. go through ups and downs, and I have over even the past month of just like I went through a period of just killing it, just coming home from work and yeah. just sitting down, and even getting like, oh, I've got a half an hour before I've got to go start making dinner or whatever and but yeah I, I had the drive behind me and then i took a bit of a break and then that kind of deflated a little bit and so I'm, I'm like right now where i'm at i'm not feeling the the painting but i'm feeling the building so we'll get to that in a, yeah in a i moment. think that's, that's
0: why because like last time i did a project on the white scars it was building and i actually really enjoyed it but i'm not into the painting right now
2: and I think, like, that's something that I've sort of thought in the past with, with this whole shame thing is, like, I think that – and we could talk about this, you know, off air or whatever But at some point. But I think, like, there's times where I feel like – I think we could take a break from shame. Because I think what ends up happening is it ends up turning it into a chore, constantly having to hobby, yeah, and that yeah. becomes like well, uh, a lot. Here is
0: the funny like, thing is, like I am not even feeling bad about being shamed. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> fair.
1: That, that I am just always like always been that way, Dan. Yeah,
0: and I just, I am just more bummed that as much as I like the White Scars and they're looking good, I don't want to play. I don't want to paint them. Right. And that's I think how the other, other things,
2: man. Yeah, it's like that way with Custodes. like I'll do this like little run and then I'm like, Oh they look awesome and then like I just like completely like lose. It. I'm like, all right, well maybe I'll touch those in like a year, I guess. Like <laughs> I don't
0: know why. Anyway. Baby steps. Yeah. Exactly. So and I'm not I'm not super enjoying playing heresy at the moment either. Right. And that does have a factor too. Like only a new I need more players. I only got like two or three players up here.
1: Yeah, totally. That's and th- you've got three, right? You've got Nico, you've got Bert and you've got the virgination but hey man yeah.
2: uh, chondax might might put some wind in your sails for real like if you build build some chondax lists, so then when you come down here play those like that that for me has actually been like a yeah, breath of fresh air i had
0: will and that's the thing is that i want to do that but like nico doesn't really do that yeah and gilbert's got a girlfriend so i never see him anymore
1: what he's got a girlfriend yeah dude is she's real
0: She's real. She's a lovely little lady. Oh, that's but so cute. Just, Is she little? Forced...
1: Oh, please she's tell t- me she's.
0: She's little. She's a teen. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it looks like he's, well, he could carry her in a baby Bjorn.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great.
0: That, that super would be an amazing,
1: amazing Halloween costume if he it uh, would could convince her of that.
0: Yeah, I, I I just imagined what it would be like to climb that tree for her.
2: <laughs>
1: Um, well, yeah, I, I think Virgin would, you could definitely get Virgin to play one of those games with you for sure. We,
0: we, yeah, definitely. It just Virgin has to get out.
1: Yes, I know. Newborns and whatnot.
0: Exactly. So I just don't get a ton of gaming in right now, which is why I thought I'd try a new game system with some new people, just to just get me invested in hobbying again.
1: Which we'll get to you in a short while. Yes. All right. All right. Well, I'm sure, I'm sure the magic will come back here shortly.
0: Yeah, I think so too. Just...
1: Comes and goes. All right, John Boy. Yeah. What's been uh, going up in your hood?
2: Um, you, been, you been getting dirty. Yeah, I kind of went through like a bit of a period there where I was doing a fair bit. The last few weeks, I've kind of burned off a little bit, but I've been kind of going through little like stints of like get some stuff done and then stop, and then get some stuff done and then stop.
1: From the from my eyes, it looks like you've done a shit ton in terms of. Yeah. At least in the last Some
2: of the stuff. Compared to
1: at least the last time I saw your army, your Mechanicum, to the way it looked this past weekend. Yeah, that's true. You look like you've done a lot.
2: Um, That's been the majority of the work. So uh, I painted my Knight Amiga Armager, armager I don't know, I think it was like a month ago now and I, like so i basically a, that's
1: which version of it
2: it's the shitty one it's like a melta
1: oh the gun melta chief chain. And is chain. That the poopy one
2: yeah i would rather have the one with the auto cannons cuz i think it makes more sense but okay. yeah it's it is what it is it's mostly there for coolness it's pretty shitty on the table though <laughs> <laughs> All right. but it's uh so that's done uh, i actually got my 3d printed uh, sector Mechanica spaces off of uh, warlock uh 3D printing uh, oh, local yeah. here So that kind of got me off my Butt to like yeah so I did that and then I did my uh, my Seneschal's uh, Base I have that completely done now So it's like painted Weathered and it has the uh, The dead knight on it and the Dead knight is actually like uh, um, uh, What do you call it uh, Pinned onto it now so it's like Ready to go like when I get that when I get my Seneschal whenever I do cause yeah. Supplies of dwindled in the last couple weeks here but uh what i do get that it's going to be just like build it uh paint it to some degree pin it on and then finish painting it basically
1: from the the last couple that you get i won't be surprised if but when you get that model it'll be done in like a week this (laughs) one's
2: gonna take more now because of what we'll talk about soon where like my technique is now suddenly going to take more time this one also
1: has like uh some, it's going to be your Seneschal, so you Yeah, there's going to be a little more time for it.
2: sure, yeah. So, yeah, and then I uh been painting these uh Sons of Horse tacticals. So, I've painted five to completion. I basically I'm batch painting them in groups of five now. Yep. And um so I painted five to completion. I have five that are almost done. And then I have uh 10 that are just base coated. Okay. Like so, your, ba-
1: your basic airbrush base coats. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: So those are like plant, you know, I'm planning those for the April event. Right. So I need to get those done. And I've been kind of, uh, yeah, working on them slowly. You know, I was, I'm hoping that I'll get kind of the more of more gumption to do those again. Right. And then I did uh, Brennan's painting course. So I painted a Primaris Marine and learned a bunch of really cool painting techniques. And honestly, I can say that it was, for me, probably the best painting course that I've attended for my own personal. Like, I got a lot out of it. Um, Unfortunately, I don't have a detail brush. So a lot of what I learned is going to be limited application to me right now because I don't have, like, a uh, infinity or whatever yet. Yeah. Which is something that I... I basically decided that when you know CK Studios comes back, I'm going to get another airbrush to them, and I'll probably get a. Uh, um, I'm trying to remember. What, I think an Evo is what it is.
1: Yeah, so the Evo is more of the. I think the Evo is the more of the all-rounder. The and then the Infinity. You can do is like, like two different bits with both, both of them, yeah. but the
2: Infinity is like a lot of money. Yeah, and it's very like high end, but it's also like. Even listening to Caleb talk about it, it's just like it sounds like a lot of the extra features on it are like, you know, you're, you're getting you're getting what you're paying for. But you're there's also like that, you know, that thing where you like you go over a certain hump and then it's like you're just kind of getting the extras you're getting are just sort of like, well, that's like really luxury but like is it really gonna change much about the brush for my for me like probably not is it gonna be worth like an extra like 80 bucks probably not so yeah i think i'm gonna go with an evo even though i saw brennan's infinity his was actually fucking up which was kind of funny because like (laughs) it kept fucking up and like doing weird shit and that was kind of weird to see this like 300 hundred dollar airbrush it's just like supposed to be the cadillac of airbrushes Uh and it's like doing weird shit he was like ah the have you ever driven a Cadillac? They're not exactly <laughs> dependable vehicles. Yeah, that's true. So, uh, yeah, but that said, it was, like, gorgeous-looking brush. Felt amazing. I ran some water through it just because I yeah. wanted to see what it actually felt like. And, uh, yeah, but I think I'm in an Evo. And uh, I, I use a Sotar at the course, actually. And uh, the Sotar is a nice brush, man. I was really impressed with it. Like
1: well, you've used mine a bunch.
2: I'll, yeah, a little bit. But, uh this was the most hands-on I've gone with it. So I've used yours like basically once and I used it for the plasma glow. This was much more like I'm doing way more with it. So yeah. it was good. Sitting down um, for the whole day. Sitting yeah. down for the whole day using it. Uh and then spraying like so now I need to pick up some of that white ink that you have there because I've kind of realized now like how big of a boon that is. I learned some pretty cool shit at this course though. Like um I was really flattered because uh Brennan put up like a thing afterwards that was like you know like a like a post on his Instagram about the course and like he had you know it's Instagram so you have 10 photos you can use and he actually used one my uh my primaris guy as like one of the examples oh nice. which made me feel really good I was like oh cool like because he only used like five or six of the the class ones yeah because I was kind of feeling eh about it and then like now i look at it i'm like jesus like i set it down next to my like regular like the the tacticals i'm doing right now and it was like wow like it's pretty crazy a big big difference like
1: so i was you showed me the pictures and i i was definitely super impressed with it but it's definitely like it's definitely a different style or not a different style it's just like
2: it blends more than you might think but it is stylistically okay. a bit different i mean um
1: So you're—it's lighter at the highest
2: points, and it's darker at the darkest points. So it's very—it's there's more um, difference to like the the actual uh, transition between the the greens and stuff. But I learned a lot of pretty pretty interesting stuff, and like um, one of the things that I came away really liking about it that was the pre shading though, and also just like some general just like adding texture and noise to a model with uh, noise. Yeah, so like taking like a sponge, and then taking like I'm trying to remember exactly how exactly how it worked, but I, I, if I remember correctly, it was basically like taking a color that's like a lighter version of like
1: the color that of the color
2: that you use and like yeah. sponging it on a little bit, and then the color that's like a darker version and sponging that on as well. Okay, and then also doing like dirt. Dirt. Uh, we actually did like flesh flesh tones and sponge those on around the feet and stuff to kind of look like a little bit like uh, dirt. And then you spray a filter over them and they get dark. So they look like dirt then. But um, it was pretty interesting because a lot of it was about color theory and stuff too. So I feel like I learned a lot like about like, like I was talking to Dino about it and I was like, wow, I feel like a hoity toity like art major type like coming out of this course because like just learning things about color theory and learning about how if you're going to combine multiple colors and like if you're going to so say you take a green and you're going to combine it in with a white because you want the white to be like you want it to be a highlight version of this color if you combine it only with the white it basically limits the spectrum at which you can transition so so it means that like it goes it means that you have less space before it hits Absolute white. Yeah, and he was talking about you know you can add flesh tones to give it an extra degree yeah, of yeah. like yeah stuff like that. But um,
1: you need to get it, so we need to get you a color wheel now for your uh, <laughs> for your hobby area.
2: Yeah, but the the big cool the coolest thing really though was the pre shading shit. So instead of doing xenothal or whatever, this was uh I can't even remember what it was called, but it was basically uh the concept being four light sources and i really like osl as you know mm-hmm. and this this course the stuff that i found the most enjoyable and most interesting was that i got to learn some really cool osl i feel like my Just skills the light were
1: theory that so, yeah the exactly
2: stitching. so you take you're basically so you take a space marine and you're going to take something like you're going to line up the lights with its head it's going to have four light sources each one is equal, evenly spaced at four points around the head okay. so you have one here one here one here one here the helmet's facing this way so they're like 90 degrees in a, so in a yeah, square around yeah, the head, right? So there's four, <laughs> four different light sources that are pointing towards the uh, the model, right? And what you, what you do is you take the, like you could say, say the right light source, like say you're facing the helmet. So you take the right one and you say that's the brighter one. Then on the back side, it would be the left one that's the brighter one facing it. Right, okay. Right? Facing the same direction. Yeah. So they they're like alternating. And you could do these really cool effects where, like, if you look at my Primaris guy, like, he looks like he has light sort of... The light is separated along the, the crease of the middle of the helmet, so he looks way more dynamic. It looks like the light is coming over right. his helmet, and then so his helmet has a dark point on the one the one side, and then the other side, it's much more exposed. And I love that kind of shit. It's very... It's much more realistic right. um, than, than the style that we were sort of taught at the CK Studios thing, and, like... To me, it was, like, immediately um, very cool, but also I think I've been thinking about light and stuff like that a lot, and yeah. I I felt like I grasped it pretty quick. And I remember, like, Brendan coming over and being like, wow, this is actually really good, man. Like, he was like, this is legit. Like, this is, this is turning it really well. Sweet, man. And I remember being, like, kind of, like, proud of that, like, a little bit, but... Um, very cool. So I'm definitely going to employ some of that stuff. Like, it's...
1: Not for, like, your typical line I think,
2: infantry, I think what I'm going to use it on is more, like, uh, characters. And, yeah. like, so I'm a, I, I really am trying to convince Brennan right now. Like, I want him to just, like, hunker down these courses. And I was, I was like, dude, you should do a course. You should do a series, series of three courses that works up to painting a Primark. And then people can bring in their Primark on the third course and you've learned all these these techniques from the first three courses, and even if the even if the primer course was a two day course, which yeah. it probably would have to be, right? Yeah. And I know that it's a lot of work and all that, but I was like, man, I know there are a lot of guys around here be really into that. Me personally, I'd be, I would fucking love that. Yeah. Like
1: I, I was super bummed I couldn't, I couldn't go to the Vancouver or the Victoria. Yeah. Just, just due to to life.
2: But you know, you'll get your. I'm sure you'll get your personal. Oh, I'm mean, yeah, I'm gonna them. go and but it was worth it man like for 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 fucking real like it was 60 bucks and it was it was awesome it was a really good course it was great cuz it was only like 10 people so we had time to really like give us all the time we needed when we were trying to figure shit out and stuff so it was cool man and then uh, yeah so the last thing which is probably the biggest thing is um so Jeremy of all people was uh, doing yeah. some of the oil dot filter effects and stuff that he learned at Brendan's course that we missed last time. And he was kind of, he was kind of putting up pictures of his little tumor tanks and he was, uh, he's they They look really good. Oh, like yeah. for his, his painting abilities, they're the easily his best too. ones, his sabers. Yeah. yeah. Like they look way better than anything else he's ever, ever Definitely. done that I've seen. Yeah. And like, And then he started doing the oil oil dot filters, and I was like, whoa. And I, because he showed the picture, and I was like, dude, those look like good, like straight up. I was like, kind of like a little bit surprised. I was like, those look actually really good. Like, your painting level is like fucking jumped here a little bit. Like, he's like, yeah, I'm doing the oil dot filters. And then I kind of was like, looking at him, I started asking questions about it, and he was nice enough to explain it to me. And then, like, you know, I started looking up YouTube videos and stuff, and then I just started getting like this feeling, like, all right. And I think you've known this the whole, all along, right? And I've said this. Like, when I started painting my Mechanicum, it was with the intention of that when I learned weathering in the future that I would Reading. go back and apply it to them, yeah, right? So sure. basically I taught myself how to do this uh, oil dot filter stuff, and then I also kind of taught myself how to use uh, the uh, spirits, the same spirits that you use for this yep, for, uh, for the yep. weathering powder, yep. which I'd never done. I've always applied it dry. And, uh, yeah, I went back, and I've done a probably – I've done most of my Mechanicum in in the sense that I've done almost all my big models. Uh, I just have my Brass Scorpion left to do. And um, then I have my my axe left, except for I have one axe done. And then I have to go back and do all my infantry. And the infantry are a little bit like I don't actually know exactly how I'm going to approach them because I can't go full blown with them. It doesn't work the same way. But I think what I'm going to do is just take like uh, the oil wash – I'm just going to make an oil wash, I think. Right. And then I'll add the odd a streak, bit. a little bit of streak here and there. Nothing, nothing too crazy.
1: I think on the Mermenons, you can get more in, yeah. in like, you know, obviously, you I know think the bigger so models you're going to be able to get more in. But, yeah, dude, they, like, super grungy, and, like, the pictures that you've been posting look great.
0: Your Mechanicum looks like... You know when you were in a kid and you would go into like the hobby store and you see the people who painted up like the World War II replica thing. Yeah, yeah totally. totally.
2: That's the kind of effect it looks like now. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, it, I got pretty excited when I started doing it because I was like, man, these look so much more like real. And I think, now. well, they I was thinking more... about that
0: when you talked about how you enjoying Brennan's class over the CK Studios because CK Studios is a very stylized painting scheme. Yeah. yeah. When you want very like Real- as realistic. much as it's non-realistic models you want a <laughs> realistic effect
2: exactly yeah yes. i i definitely have like a thing for and the, and i think part of it too is just that like i've always looked at 30k armies is like you know you know when they when 30k started the standard for painting on 30k was like Grungy, man. Like I just remember seeing Imperial Fist armies that just looked like they'd been fucking marching through mud and stuff, and just being like, "Wow, I'm gonna
1: take this nice this is model. So cool. I'm gonna take like, my whole army. I'm gonna throw it in the dryer with some rocks. <laughs> yeah, and it just lo- and it and
2: just get like things looking worn and used and dark yeah. and like gritty, you know. And like, so I, you know. I, I just started doing it and I was like fuck well, like my and you've seen it right like it looks completely different like they used to look clean and now they look like they look like so they really do look quite
1: they're gungy. I wouldn't say that they look completely different they're just like you've added that next step to them for sure to to bring them to that next level and and there's and that's a big step
3: but yeah it's it, but like, it's if I was from fun, across man. the
1: room I'd be like oh well that's John's yeah. Xana mechanicum right but then yeah when you get in close, you're just like, wait a minute. That's looks like it's been through like an oil spray or something like that. You know, definitely. I just love all the thick, especially like I was checking out the legs of the porphyrin and just like, you know, the, the really, you, you've got, Different gradations of the streaking that you've done, where you've got like more thicker ones and more. Well, it's like it's ones. cool because when you
2: get better with it, you know, it's like it. Like, I used basically four colors for it it was like a red, a titanium white, um, a, a burnt umber, and then like a sort of like brown, like a lighter brown that's sort of like almost like almost turning into an orangey brown, you know? Yeah, okay, and. It's pretty cool because like when I started, I I felt like I was I was too heavy handed with the red, and I was like, oh, the red is like a bit much, and then I was like, I started like using it less.
1: What was the first thing that you started with when you? I so you used everything. No, no, I mean like model wise. What which Oh, one did you start
2: uh, with? my one of my Mechanicum knights. So okay, I did okay. my Mechanicum knights first because they had big panels on them. Yeah, and I figured that they would be, you know. And I think they turn out good like they're they're not as good as like my later stuff, but I, think I still they think they great. look pretty good yeah, yeah. Uh, but it it's hard it was hard to find a balance at first, like I tried it on that 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 sheet that we had ready for Brendan's course that we didn't go to there, like I used that to try to like <laughs> but so learning like learning how some of the colors work, so it was like like literally like just these little tricks of like, okay, understanding that like you can't go crazy with the red, but if you put the red in key areas, it's fucking terrific right. because it looks like. It looks like grease. It looks like fresh grease. It looks like the grease that comes out of a grease gun. So, like, for instance, on my Ordinatus, they actually have, like, grease nipples modeled on the, like, suspension of it, which I think is a super... Like, as someone who's worked around heavy machinery and stuff, like, for portions of their life and, like, who works, like, my job, I... I have to grease a lot of machinery, like that's been part of my job. So grease nipples are like a thing. It's like, like every vehicle has them. Every,
1: like you know they are, right? I do. But
0: breaking I'm... news: John loves greasy nipples. Love greasy nipples.
1: <laughs> but, have you counted how many nipples are on an ordinatus? <laughs> I think there
2: are four on each side. So it's a fucking eight nipples on that bitch. <laughs> but yeah, so like. Because I've seen that stuff in person, you know? Like seeing, like, just, just like that, that, like the red grease effect that comes out of them. It was yeah, like, yeah. oh, I can, like, actually paint this on. It just, it just feels so cool. It's like, yeah. So, super, like, very rewarding. I'm stoked on that. I don't know if I'm going to go back and do My Sons of Horus with it because it's like.
1: Oh, well, just see what happens. It's That's gonna gonna be sparring. Right now, I'm sure that would seem very daunting. To, yeah, to and I that still that have to
2: finish my Mechanicum, so it's like I'm trying to like take it one step at a time and sort yeah, of yeah. you know. But yeah, it's uh, but yeah, it's super rewarding. I'm just stoked on that. And then like, uh, I don't know if you've ever used Spirit. If you guys have ever used Spirits, I've done a little bit, but not. It you can do some cool stuff with much. the weathering powders because you can basically turn weathering powders into washes, yep. which is pretty cool. Yep. And I basically completely changed my technique for how I do my bases now. Sweet. Using like or, orange rust and and that. So yeah. That is, though, my uh, – I guess the, the one last thing is my tattoo is officially finished, which I don't know know if that's fully hobby progress, but it's semi-mechanicum themed. So I, I would say that. It's officially done-done, it which is sweet. Did you and, talk about
1: uh, your yeah. Titanicus train, though? Did you oh, yeah, yeah, that? so
2: also my Titanicus train. So um, I uh, – what did I do? I, I got, like, some of the, the Forge World stuff, the, like, Manufactorum-style stuff. Yeah, those style little stuff. bits
1: that they came out with, like yeah. – and yeah, the silos and little under. Yeah, exactly. All the thing.
2: little, yeah, little little odds and end pieces that yeah. are kind of like, eh. you know, you get them. You're like, well, some of these pieces are stupid, but I guess they're cool. They'll look cool, like like on the table. I guess they'll look cool, but they don't really like actually affect gameplay things. But they look pretty neat. But the manufacturers are actually awesome.
1: Those are awesome. Yeah. For but
2: sure. Yeah. So I started working on those, and then I wanted to try new weathering techniques with those. So I uh, sprayed them brown, like sort of like a rusty brown, and then I used uh, the. Uh, fucking what do you call it that stippling sort of like uh liquid mask uh yeah technique and that turned out you know it was okay i i feel like i could i'll try it again and see if i can do it a little bit better but i in the midst of doing that at the same time i actually went back and i started working on my old titanicus terrain a little bit more as well and i started doing um I basically added, like, weathering powders and then dry brushed them a bunch and, like, picked out a little couple details here and there. So, yeah, that stuff is, like, pretty close. So that's, like, part of my shame, right? So. Yeah. Um, Look, i feeling way better about that stuff. There's a few buildings that need, like, more additional paint on them. um, And then I need to finish up, like, one of the manufacturums really. But, like, yeah, the stuff's basically tabletop. I think it looks way better.
1: I think now that you've really dived into that, the whole weathering aspect and and now that I've got, as we'll get to in a stuff, a whole shitload of weathering stuff, yeah, as supplies, I we need to set up another hobby date. And what I'd like to do is go to town on the AT table and my train and get that shit gun gene. Yeah,
2: it's like, interesting because but I don't know how I I'd don't know it. how either. Because the thing is, is that when you're doing the streaks, you have in this is something that was a little bit weird with the ordinatus. Is like if you don't have gravity, if something's on a hundred eighty degree angle, if it's like a straight line, mm-hmm. you have to pick a direction for it. So the uh, the actual like oil dot filters, I don't know how well they're going to work on something like that. However, there are like oil effects that I yeah think can I, I off.
1: even just like what you did with the bait like at the bases of some of your at terrain, yeah, just like kind of gun. I don't know like yeah no for sure though There's cool a little stuff something even
2: even weathering powder can do huge stuff. That's what I'm powder. thinking yeah, yeah. like.
1: Just totally. not uh, not like we're gonna spend all the time that you probably took on those individual buildings. I mean, like you know, let's do some. Over no, it'll be cool. Of, like, like two uh, hours or something. We can
2: dab it into like crevice cracks and stuff in places, and like yeah, We'd it'll, it'll look better. Exactly. <laughs> so yeah, that's uh, that is my hobby progress.
1: All right, so I have actually got a, a heck of a lot done, uh, but I will start first with a huge shout out. So. Uh, one of my heresy boyfriends, Paul, who I met at heresy camp, he sent me a message, like, um, just after we recorded the last episode, and he was like, so I've sent you a package. Uh, Don't be frightened that it might look like it was sent by the Unabomber. (laughs) Because, like, I'm pretty sure what he did was, like, he didn't have a box that properly fit this stuff, so he, like, took multiple boxes to make one box, and it... It it definitely look, looked kind of like it was uh, a little sent, bit Unibomber. It was Unabomber-esque, yes. But I opened it up and Unibomber adjacent. <laughs> Paul sent me a whole, uh, sent me a whole table's worth of MDF terrain, which is something... I of didn't it. realize
2: that was from him. It's yeah. pretty crazy looking.
1: So I phoned him up and I was like, "Dude, this is way too much. You can't send me a whole table worth of terrain. Like, uh, you know, you can't do that. That's like way too generous." And he was like, "No." Like, I've had it forever. I'm never going to get to it. So just paint it out for the the event in June and we'll call it even. I'm like, all right, sweet. Thanks, wow. dude. And on top of that, as you guys, as I told you guys at Heresy Camp that, you know, I I ended up placing number one for um, Best Painted Army at the event. Yeah. And I was... Do Demons? Yes, with the, the Nurgle Demons. And I was supposed to get this Visions of Heresy book. uh, But someone took off with it. And John just... (laughs) And it turns out that Paul bought... Donated the Visions of Heresy for that prize. And he felt so bad that someone walked away with my prize that he also sent... He got me another copy of it and sent it to me. So like unbelievable Paul is the greatest he's coming to the big D so you guys will will get to meet him but uh unbelievably uh gracious and and thank you thank you thank you Paul so um on that front I have actually started to just this weekend I finally was able to get some time and start building uh some of this terrain and it's like it's this um shit can you pass me one of the packages there just the unopened one beauty so it's from tabletop scenics and it's their industrial hive kind of stuff pass me one of those one of the big boys there uh yeah sweet jealous i'm not gonna lie i might buy some of this because so teo just so you can kind of see this one of these big silo kind of tower things but they're pretty awesome like quite a lot of detail on them and uh
2: i feel like we always talk about how the mdf stuff doesn't have enough detail to like look Good next to regular stuff, but this stuff looks really good.
1: I still, I don't know about putting it towards, I'm still a pretty staunch proponent that if MDF terrain's got to just be with MDF terrain, once you start adding the extra plastic stuff in there, it just, me personally, it skews it a bit, but you're right, I think that this stuff has way more detail, at least than the other MDF uh, stuff that I have. That's pretty awesome. So... You'll, you'll definitely be seeing listeners a new table at the big D maybe even enough for two t- like one and a half tables I think now with all of this stuff plus all the MDF stuff that I have before um, it's enough to do three tables worth basically so I'm thinking I'm going to paint this stuff in the similar aspect and then you know to get it quickly done and get it on the table but then I do want to eventually go back and, and add a little bit more detail to some of the the terrain, just to give it a little, uh, if you will. And this
2: book is pretty fucking cool, dude.
1: Yeah. John's now there's like, I'm literally looking at like heresy. the
2: beginning of Reavers design, like old art that is like, clearly like, this is what Reavers came from. Yes. It's pretty neat.
1: It's, it's definitely a good bathtub book. Yeah. Though Ooh, I, Otter time, Otter time for sure. But the problem is, is that I need to be, <laughs> I was thinking of like I need to get some clear plastic to wrap it because I'm like I'm more scared about fucking this book up than I'm I am about fucking up a black book. Really? Well, the pages are a little bit more thinner, yeah, so true. when you're in the tub, the moisture can warp this thing. These are these are the kind of things that you need to worry about when you're bringing your hobby into the bathtub, which is something I you're need to think about man quite, than a, I don't know if I quite a lot. So, uh, yeah, but. Super cool. I've I've started to go through it. It's one of those things that I. It's like almost like an encyclopedia where I'm I'm just like oh let's just open to this random page and see what's going on and just the art and there's a lot more actual reading in that book. Like there's that it's almost like a black book to itself. Yeah, it looks like it. I thought it was going to be more of an art book. It's definitely way more than just you know, pictures of heresy dudes. There's lots of,
2: I'd like to know where all of it's from. It's crazy. Some of these are really, really, really old looking and they're very clearly like, these are, this is heresy art. This is actually like all heresy specific, like original sort of, yeah, it's cool. It's it's like 20 years old, 30 years old. Oh yeah.
1: 30 years old for sure. Yeah. So, um, onward to the actual modeling and painting. So I be, I did go through quite a bit of uh, Alpha Legion push, uh, I guess, in the last two weeks or so. So I've finished painting, uh, I've finished painting except for weathering and transfers, uh, a 10-man vet squad, two more uh, five-man Terminator squads of Tartarus Terminators. So now I've got uh, 15 of those guys painted. Finished, finally finished my Contemptor Dreadnought from our CK Studio course that we did like almost two years ago now. But finished all the details, finished the Leviathan, I painted Dynat, two Saboteurs, um, the Alpha Legion specific Delegatus, and then uh, Praetor Tribune. And then I've got about halfway through another vet squad. So I just have to do um, about five more guys just doing the silver highlights on them. And then those guys are done. Um, So once I have that squad of uh, vets done, then the only thing I need to finish are the 10-man Volkite squad. And then all of the infantry for all of my... um, all of my Alpha Legion will be done for the army that I originally built. So then I only have to do the drop pods. And by only having to do the drop pods, I only have to paint six dread claws and a a dread dread drop pod. I mean,
2: depending on how you're doing them, it's not going to be that bad, really. Yeah, I'm going to... They're big, like, blocky things that don't have a lot of, like, trim.
1: And, yeah, so uh, I, I just need to get some fucking balls and sit down here and just crack them out. So
2: just, I can tell it's like, you're afraid of the lighting. You're I am. I'm, it, but I'm like, afraid. I'm but fully afraid. I, of I think it. you should just take one and start spraying it. Look at, look at something for reference. Start well, working those on pictures one. And then that
1: you sent me of the sons of Horus yeah. dread dread claws are really good for yeah. um just like that is, I think that style and the way that they've done the highlights here and there will work very well with, the way that my Alpha Legion are painted. So I'm definitely going to use that as a guide to to do it. But, yeah, I just have to grow a pair and fucking jump into it. Um, but then I kind of sidetracked on that because my new bases that I got for my nights came in. So I sat down, I painted all of the bases all at once. So even the ones that I have extra bases for, they're painted. So when I, you know, I don't have to come back like a year from now. And uh, and be like, oh, well, how did I paint these? And then they always look a little bit different. So I cracked them all out, transferred all of the knights that I have onto the painted bases. Um, but I have stalled out a little bit on the last few nights, which is my shame. So at least my shame is mostly done of completing my knight list. I just have three uh, mini knights, three quest, uh, not no three questoris three uh, Lancers, and then one Porphyrin to finish up. I'm just stuck in, in trim hell right now. So <laughs> I just have to, again, just fucking plow through it and get it done. Um, and speaking of Titanicus, I also downloaded the Titan Tracker app. Oh,
2: yeah, that's only for uh, iP- iPads, it's right? It's only for
1: iPads. And it is it is good. It's a good app. Though, I don't know how good it is in actual gameplay. So okay. if you're doing, like, your, if for John, like, your your list that you play a lot with your two, war ha- or two warlords and yeah. a reaver yeah. and a set of knights, a little bit easier. But the thing that I don't like about the app is that then your opponents can't see what's going on. It's true. So, Unless you
2: set it on the table and just have the screen on the whole time, but I guess. then
1: you're you're just like, hey, can I can you flip over to your like warlord or whatever? Oh, can
2: you not look at it from like a s- top?
1: No, you can only look at one at a time. Th- that's an issue. I think okay. so. Yeah. Maybe that will change. I'm not. I'm not too sure. Um, but definitely super. They cool might f-
0: do what Priority or Press did with War Room was when you load up your list, mm-hmm. you sync your list together, so he can look up your list and what's going on. on a really,
2: yeah. Good point. That'd be Yeah. So that's
0: what war room does
2: for Privateer press is that you
0: start your game together.
2: I just want GW to put out an official fucking app, man. Even if it was like five bucks, I'd buy that. Like,
1: yeah, I don't think they're at that state. I'm just looking at it here now too. I don't think they're there yet, but that would be cool.
0: Totally. Very, you would have to because,
2: uh, so much damage is allocated and it's yeah it's easily doable and it's like tough even in the real game when you're just like playing and someone stuffs across the table and you can't see it that well and you're like sometimes you're just kind of guessing on like what you're shooting at unless you want to ask every single time like what's the damage on that thing's ty- that like things legs again yeah. you know like well that's
1: why i like to set up the board so that there's a good amount of space on the one side so you can't yeah. actually see all of the terminals but Still, like, even just for working things out and, like, a quick reference to, hey, what, you know, for me, if I've got my iPad on the go, I've got all my terminals, I've got all my weapons cards. So, even for list building and stuff like that, it I think it it's pretty awesome. Yeah. Um So, then, what else do I have here? I need my notes or I'm lost. Um So, then, oh, yeah. So, the Astrum uh astrum legio transfers finally came out which i'm super stoked for i've only been waiting like a year and a half for them so
2: how do they look in person i don't even know if i actually saw them on yours
1: they're good though i wish i had had them before before i started building yeah because now there's a lot at least for the astrum kit there's a lot of very large transfers that would be really good on the warlord shoulders and stuff like that, but
2: yeah, I, I had the same ones. problem. Use the textured, the textured yeah.
1: ones, and now there's no space for them. Yeah. So, but that said, I I do like I'm gonna wait to. I do want to get some of those nemesis. Um I want to get two of those nemesis warbringer, yeah. but I'm gonna wait until they come out with the other option for the volcano cannon and have one with the volcano cannon, one with the quake. Awesome, and I might do another warlord just because. I'm a glutton for punishment.
2: Yeah, I'm going to do another Warlord, too.
1: Yeah. So I'll definitely use them. But basically, I'm just going to wait until I've painted the rest of these baby knights. And then I'll sit down and I'll rock all the knights, all of the Legio, all at the same time and rock them all out. Um, so that is awesome. I also picked up the new um, Shadow and Iron AT book, which is great. I haven't done a deep dive into it. But, man, just yeah. looking at the new... Um, Color plates for some of the new Legios that have come out They're, in my opinion, like the best looking Legios are in that book
2: There are some pretty cool ones, I really yeah. like that orange There's like an orange and kind of blackish white one I Yeah, think, yeah That
1: I really liked Yeah, I don't know the name of that one off the top of my head yeah. Um, But yeah, I definitely super jacked on Titanicus right now and, and It's a
2: fun game, man Every time I play it, I'm like, and it's such a nice, like, you know I I feel like thirty k is so long in the tooth right now with this edition. Like I've been playing the more, every time I play it now I'm like man we need a new fucking edition. I need something that's like.
1: So sh- it's not that it's bad. It's just saying like it's not we've bad because it 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 I played it too
2: much. Like it's four like, years. Yeah, five years. I, exactly. Right? Yeah. I was playing with Jeremy. I was like it's ridiculous how well we know the rules because it's just like we've just played this so much that everything is just so like systematic and just like this is what you do. This is what you do. This is what you do.
1: Because for me, like I came back into the hobby basically at the very beginning of sixth edition and really heresy has not changed like really sixth and seventh edition not a whole lot of difference between that all very no totally very it's, it's micro sort changes of like, right Yeah, and then the difference between seven and heresy point one again very micro changes so very really micro. even less so you know i feel like i we've been Playing the same, I've been playing the same game regardless of it's Heresy or Forty K. I think we
2: undoubtedly need a new edition in the next few years. And Teo,
1: maybe that's like you're probably feeling that as well with um feeling a bit of the burnout. Is just hey, we've been playing the same game for the last you know six years. Has it
0: been six? Yeah, I guess so. Because I I started Heresy as soon as Calve came out.
1: Oh yeah, well. Yeah, so it's but when when have you you've been playing forty K or you were playing forty K pretty consistently, weren't you? Before that? Uh, you somewhat. Yeah, so it's definitely that's kinda of where I'm feel I'm kinda of feeling in the same boat as you of, of I still love heresy, but yeah. I I'm ready for i'm ready for something there's so much stuff that's
2: just like long in the tooth where i'm like these rules this like specific rules i was like this fucking rule needs to be rewritten like like d weapons like this needs to be rewritten like this needs to be rewritten like Like, there's just so much weird shit like psychic phase d weapons like like there's just entire units obviously all that kind of stuff but yeah yeah
1: okay yeah so uh tay what's up baby
0: Kid stuff. Um, Joey fell asleep, and I can't have her go to sleep, and she's going to be an absolute fucking terror now.
1: All right, go do okay. go do dad stuff. You gotta we'll do be be dad stuff, bro. Um, okay, so then, um, yeah, I think you know we're think we're all very similar on the same page at this point i you know it's I only
2: it's been cool. the last little while that i've really been realizing this myself though like because you said this before and i was kind of like yeah i agree but then i was like i, I do like this and you know and but i've just especially with titanicus where it's like i watch how titan combat works in titanicus and how great it is and then i'm like Go over the thirty k, and I'm like, "Does these simple bullshit rules with like Dude, the way that like
1: I think you nailed it for me? It's it's being Titanicus that's made this big change for me because I think it's it's the first time that I've done a game with the you go I go yeah. aspect, and there that to me is so much more." it's more engaging for both players where you're, I agree with that.
2: Writing. I don't know that that would work with 30 K cause I'm I think the scale's that. too big, but I do yeah. agree. That is, I think that works really well for Titanicus.
1: It's just, that has, that's kind of spurred that on for me. Yeah. Just like, okay, this is more apparent just that yeah. my, I guess that's kind of the style at least right now. That's more appealing to me. I, I yeah. would say
2: it's very refreshing.
1: Yeah. So, um, you know, still love the heresy. Still playing it. For still sure. Building armies.
2: I just hope that they're like that's something they're aware of is that like I this think edition we to move on. You know, we've you know? heard
1: about them like having these super marked up, you know, red books that the studio guys are carrying around and all these notes of what they want change. And mm. you, know, you know, I I even don't. It'll be interesting to what ha- happens next after finally the Crusade book drops. Yeah all the legions will be out, but they don't, they're not going to go and change it right away. Cause then that's just going to fucking burn all the dark angel players that have. been Well,
2: for uh, that, so long, the right? way they usually do this kind of stuff in my, my memory is that they will write things with certain things in mind for the next edition where it's like, you'll get something like, Oh, this doesn't seem to yeah. really make a lot right. of sense here. This is kind of weird. And then like the next edition comes out. Oh, okay. Suddenly it makes sense. Like, yeah. And that's how I hope they're gonna get to purchase stuff. You know, like um, I, I, for a while, my thought has been like, all right, you guys should put out a book. They, I, th- I would like them to put out the next two books. I'd like them to put out book ten because I think Dark Mechanicum should I don't come out before Mecha- they, like. I
1: don't think they need to do that. Why did they have? We've already got because a Mechanicum I think that, list that works
2: because I think that book will probably be a rebalance to a lot of mechanicum as well, and I think mechanicum need a drastic rebalance. In sure, some ways. but
1: I just I'm saying like I don't know if you need to do that in this edition. If you know that's going to happen, why not just roll out the next edition? Well, because that-
2: I, I I don't know, but my my while I was going to say is that like if they do do this thing where they're going to refresh the red books, and my my thought is that. And this is all speculation, right? Totally. But if they're doing a book 10 and it is going to be a Mars book, which is my gut instinct tells me there's a very good chance that's where they're headed.
1: It's what you and I both hope. It's what we all, I think that's what
2: every Mechanicum fucking player around 100%. wants that, right? Like if they are doing that, it means that, that gives, and it is going to be as big of a book. You know, like think about that, right? Like you, you if the book was truly only just Dark Mechanicum, there's no way that's what it, all it is. When it's, they could it, it, it's a, an entire book, uh,
1: they could do a rebalancing or a new. They could
2: look rebalance on a lot. They could rebalance a ton of stuff. They and could rebalance they could knights. A, they could rebalance. But, the, the, but they could they could also just simply go back and fix like certain units that are like things like domitars, things like the other Thanatars yeah, totally. that aren't as used, yeah, like yeah. maybe Voltrax. Like
1: just throw a whole new both Mechanicum lists in there yeah and exactly
2: new... and that could be their you know kind of red book approach you know theoretically and i would then like they... to see
1: like what you if they do that do it the way that you were talking about of like kind of future proof and that's again. what i'm hoping is okay. what
2: their approach is going yeah, to be now right like I'm with you. like I, I i could totally see them putting out these things before they put out a new rule book edition because like the rule book edition thing needs more baking or whatever, or it's just that that's a big reset, whatever. But if they, if they did like the red books, for instance, they refresh the red books and had them written with new rules on mind, Mm -hmm. that would be cool too. I mean, it might, it might be weird in a way, but like that seems to be generally how GW does things more than like, here's a rules reset before we rebalance everything for whatever reason. Like, so we'll see how it goes. But yeah, totally. regardless, it's like once all I'm saying is that once book 10 is out and once the Red Books sort of rebalance thing is have, happen- which we, which I think is safe to assume that that's like one of the next things after book 10, obviously, like there's there's not much. Else. Like, I know. It needs to be done. They've talked about it a million times. They know that that's like a huge thing that needs to be worked on. The FAQ seem to suggest that's the approach that they're having. Yeah. Um. After all that's done the only thing there is after that in my mind is like, all right, now we need an updated edition. Yeah. And I then you that. can start on the next black books that are going to go uh, off into other areas like changing like legions. and sh- Now, because, because then you have everything covered, right? Yeah. You have the towns, you have all the legions of the space Marines, you have the militia, you have the solar Auxilia. you have both sides of the mechanicum, you basically have almost every faction. The only th- and, and even actually at that point at book 10 you will have a bunch of assassin stuff too, most likely. So yeah, like that- then you basically have like a framework for every single thing. You go back, you take a big sweeping balance shift on that stuff and then you add a new edition.
1: What I would hope, what I hope that they do when they do do a new edition whenever that Comes about is that they take a page from the way that they did eighth edition.
2: Yeah. And that's,
1: it. that's what I would like. Like the new red books, I would like those to drop with the new edition. Here's yeah. the new rule book. Here's all new red books, even if they stagger them like, hey, we're going to start off with the two books for the. They might even have to do it because now we have so much. Like here's the loyalist chapters in one, here's the traitor chapters in another. Yeah. Just drop all that shit on us at at once, sure people will bitch like I gotta buy all these new books well, fuck you we it's been them. a
2: while we, we it's, it's, been yeah, a while. it's one of those things that needs to happen right i i and I think they could drag the stuff out too with the faq a bit where they learn a little. I would be fine with that too if it's like hey we update the faq again in six months mm-hmm. here's some new here's some new takes on certain units you'll get final rules for destroyers stuff like that these are the official rules now these are no longer experimental yeah. we've I, which I hope is just leaving destroyers the way they are because I like them the way they are. Yeah. Stuff like that. But like, th- I think that's, that's the way I want to see this stuff done. Like, and I, I was really, really happy when the, when I saw that FAQ and they were like, okay, we're rebalancing certain units. Cause I was like, this is exactly what you need to do yeah. is play test this shit. Like yeah. put it out there, let people fucking play with it then see then how it works the and then update the yeah, books. And totally. you have an idea because, cause you look at like a lot of the units right now and it's like, I feel like they're putting out certain units and their their rules are on, as a standalone, they seem, like, very weak, right? And it's like, but we're getting these indications like they've rebalanced um, those uh, Terminators for Dark Angels. They went from being, like... Oh, really? Yeah, so they came oh, out fr- uh, and they were, they were, like, sort of, like... They were okay, but they were, like... They had weapons that... Uh, the ones
1: that just could
2: Overwatch, them? yeah. So they, they, like, put out another, like, an updated, like... Um page for them oh, literally yeah, like like that. a two two days after they came out crazy, and now they're like way better, so now they're all characters they can uh overwatch and not only can they overwatch they can reroll missed overwatch shots um and then they can like the 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 squad leader guy can take a fucking digital laser for ten points so give them three attacks like but I don't know if it's, like, maybe they put out the wrong file or maybe they just, like, looked and they were, like, okay, actually, like, maybe this is pe- – we see people, like, okay, let's just quickly fix this, like, yeah. whatever. But the thing is, is, like, I like this approach rather than printing a fucking book and then having, like, mistakes hear, yeah. and then being, like, oh, well, now we're fucked because we've just printed it and it's too late now, you know, yeah, like, like – the The seven book seven and and even book eight to some extent you know like i think demons are a bit of a mess right now but that's okay i'm willing to give them the benefit of the doubt like i think that stuff's gonna get fixed with time but like yeah yeah, just yeah test it i just
1: i did i just hope but my only point was that i just you know speaking for you know the dark angels players out there yeah I wouldn't want them to get to this this point. Hey, everything's done, and then we're gonna go back. We're gonna put a new edition out, and then we're gonna do this slow drip, and people are gonna have to get wait years to get their shit. I think that the way that they did
2: that's why I was saying the red book refresh, like initially, might be that that has the new edition in mind, might be a better approach. Because then you're just like, okay, we get new shit, but then they can have time to actually like bake a new edition, as opposed to like we're working on a new edition. And, like, now you have these long-in-the-teeth rules and you're not getting, like, new Legion rules or, like, for all the fucking stuff, you know, like... Yeah. All the people who have been playing their Legions for 18 years or whatever it's been and, like, totally. are using the same shit.
1: Well, it's just, like, you know, uh, not that you or I or, or really Teo pay... Teo probably more than you and I pay really any... Any attention to what is going on in the 40K environment. But I think, you know, they... It was the first time that they'd ever draw. like, I think it was within a year of 8th edition dropping that every single codex was out. Yeah. So doing the index and then doing all yeah. of that. And that's fucking amazing. And I think in the current gaming, quote-unquote, culture or, like, environment that where we are today in 2020, yeah, they can't do that old methodology of like no. hey we're gonna take seven years to put out every single fucking
2: and I think that you know they've hired new they're hiring new writers so like that really seems like from every like, a lot of this is again it's it's all just presumption but like they're gonna have double the writers that that tells me that there is gonna be some serious changes going on so. you know like Let's and so it's taken a lot longer than what I would have liked but it does seem like they are slowly figuring figuring things out yeah. so yeah hopefully that is the future all right. Well, Sorry, continue with your... Uh, no, it's
1: all good. That was a good, a good little... I think I think that's been on our uh, on our minds for a little while, so that, that's good. We've, so, we've
0: talked... You guys have talked about it a few times on air already. Yeah,
1: we have. Just, I, I think John's finally gotten more to where I think you and I have been for a long time. They're a time.
0: business first, and they're not thinking about how we want it. They're thinking about how much more money they can make. Yeah, I but they think they're going to make more money. They're going to they, make more
1: money once they do this, I think, because... Anyway, let's. uh I, We have talked about it, so yeah. W- hopefully, we'll find out some once book eight or book, book nine, nine drops. Yeah. Hopefully, we'll get a better sense. Yeah,
2: of, and hey, of I I invitation. love what I'm seeing. Like the, aside from the, the new mortar tanks, which seem. Well, the new mortar tank that seems grossly well, underpowered. That
1: seems like they're already testing some stuff. For that's the thing.
2: Edition. It kind of seems like getting these little. But I really do like those new Dark Angels Terminators. Like these are uniquely those like. Are I like odd. the way that they're doing these the balancing right now, where they're trying to like find other ways of making Terminators unique. Yeah. As opposed to just being like, are they one wound or are they two wound? Yeah. You know. Like, <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. Um, so. The other uh thing just like going back to Titanicus is that John got me this super cool mini Trieros that's three D printed, so I'm stoked to paint this boy up for our uh our Forge World Titanicus table. So thank you, John, for that. And uh the other thing I wanted to talk about was uh I went back to visit my family in Toronto, so I got to go see our boy Chud and Chud sent Your me boy. home. With a whole bunch of my old Battlefleet Gothic that I thought my brothers sold off, but somehow I guess my friend Neil got them, and then Neil gave them to Chud, and now Chud's giving them back to me along with some Gretchen's to take home for Teo, which I have no idea what. Teo, could you give
2: us a Chud Needs Hennessy really quick? Chud Needs Hennessy!
1: thank you appropriate um so yeah i brought those those home for teo and always awesome to see chad but while i was there i was like all right i've got a couple days in toronto if you were gonna go to one hobby store what would it be and without skipping a beat he was like you have to go to meeple mart oh yeah meeple mart what the fuck's that place so it's like down at like queen and spadina and
2: Spadina.
1: Yeah. Ooh. My old hood, dude. <laughs> and uh basically it's in this basement and I go down there and it's I've been to a lot of hobby stores over like through the States and Europe. This was the greatest hobby store I have ever been to in my entire life. I they had like the hobby, the paint selection was off the hook. They had like MiG, AK, all the vallejo shit. They had like every single Vallejo line in a carrying case that you could buy the whole line. Like it was a dangerous place for AJ to be in to like <laughs> my 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 fucking wallet just immediately is like, ah, ah, just screaming. So of course what do I do is I, I have no cell phone reception in this basement. So I immediately have to go upstairs to text Brennan and just be like, oh my God, I've got all this stuff at my fingertips. What should I buy? So Brennan, luckily, was quick on the beat and was able to send me a whole bunch of stuff uh, to pick up. So I picked up, like, all this different weathering stuff, MIG products, um, a whole bunch of AK stuff. I got some of these AK um, weathering pencils. Have you seen these? No. They're I haven't even opened them yet, but they're, like, for different... They're just, like, you can do, like, streaking and shit. Here, check them out. Oh. Um very cool, we're going to try those Oh, out. they're
2: actually just, like, colored.
1: Yeah, they're just like our pencil crayons, but really? they're in, like, an acrylic, I guess, type of thing. These ones are, like, oh. chipping and aging set. So we've got, like, wow. two different ones for wood, a gunmetal, a chipping color, red primer, a whole bunch of different cool things. Nice. I was actually thinking these these aren't actually too expensive. might be a little a good little gift for, uh, for maybe some prizes at the Big D. Hey,
2: it says John was here on the thing.
1: No, it doesn't. Yeah,
2: it does. What?
1: Yeah, but it was spelt wrong. <laughs> it's, wrong. it's not it's wrong. you, John. Yeah, it's a true. different John. <laughs> um, so, but they also had, like a ton of, like, FLG mats and shit like that, so I was able... And for super cheap... $14 American, I hear. Dude, they were $65 Canadian. Yeah, it's $14 American, don't you know? Yeah, okay. So (laughs) compared to what? They're usually, like, $70 American American plus shipping? Like, booyakasha. So had to buy one and just stuffed it in my knapsack and carried it on (laughs) to come home. But uh, now I'm definitely going to plan, like, every single uh every single time i go home to toronto i'm i'm gonna save a bunch of change to go
2: yeah i might have to send you with uh with a little
1: bit well i was looking for mars mats i told you i was just gonna buy one if they had one but sadly not but there is i'm gonna put a link in the show notes because uh they do have an online store and they do it's 15 dollars flat rate shipping unless you're doing something like mats because the weight do they get to free shipping I don't think so. But if you and I are getting down on stuff...
2: Is this Meeple Mart?
1: Meeple Mart. Oh. I've seen this. Yeah.
2: I think I've actually seen this as like an online store before. Yeah, they okay. have got a
1: huge online store. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, I'll throw a link in the show notes there. Um, and then the last thing is John mm. and Have mm. you ever heard of this YouTuber? And now I need to pull it n- Named... Oculus Imperial. Yeah. Imperial. Yeah,
2: I've been listening to him since he started so his yeah. show.
1: Holy shit. So good. this guy um, is basically... Uh, basically, he does these... Uh, fluff dumps. Fluff... I wasn't going to describe it as a fluff <laughs> dump, but yeah, he does all <laughs> the... He's basically in character as a Remembrancer. Yeah. And goes through awesome lore so like he you know i've been there's like he does different legion breakdowns he'll do like an origins in history and then like tactics and stuff like that and it's all done in with this like choir music like super super warhammer very gothic and it's just awesome so i've been like Listening to the, he's been putting me to sleep for the last like two weeks. Yeah, yeah, that's
2: what I used to. Yeah, totally. And it's
1: perfect, like choir. His voice is perfect for like night bedtime stories. And it's
2: nice because he takes a bunch of the information, the information that's like from the black books and from like different places, and he sort of combines it into. And and then he has his, it's his sort of a take on it. So you get some sort of interesting perspectives on like legions and like. (laughs) And um, it's super in depth.
1: Like he he must do a shit ton of research to yeah. Uh, to put those out, so I think they come out like every two weeks, but I'll definitely put in a, a link in the show notes because this guy is like my number one. If you, if you one have a legion,
2: Paris-y. if you if you have a legion or like a legio or like a fucking mechanicum forge world or some that shit into. that you're into, and he has it covered, it's definitely like great great listen. oh yeah. Yeah.
1: It it was one of the things that like it was funny cuz right when I was going through this big per- burst of painting with the Alpha Legion, yeah. he just dropped a new like tech like he was going through his Alpha Legion yeah. shit. So that was just like I was listening to that shit at night and I would well, wake it's like, up.
2: It's hilarious cuz when I started listening to him he had like he was literally like you know made, like less than a thousand People will be watching his and videos. He's,
1: he's got, like, almost 40,000. Yeah, now
2: it's, like, it's gone, like, it's just completely skyrocketed in the last year. Like, it's crazy. I, I, I haven't been listening. I haven't been, like, keeping up on them the last little bit. And yeah. then I went and, like, saw one recently put up, and I was just like, holy fuck, this has 40,000 views? Like, wow.
1: Yeah, he, he, they are awesome. So um, that's my new, like, go-to
3: YouTube
1: yeah. Uh, channel at this point and just uh, even I've even gone and, and he just put out one about the bad ab war which like yeah I'm very interested in, in getting his take in it but he's been doing more 40k stuff but and like did one on the the new like rift I don't even know what the fuck it's called in, in yeah. the new 40k but like I was like oh well like I'll listen to this because like I'd like this guy I'd like to hear his yeah you take get on like uh and,
2: You can get, like, a little snapshot of what the universe is now, but from someone that's actually, like,
1: yeah. So, yeah, it's uh, if you guys haven't checked it out, uh, definitely go and check this guy out on YouTube because it is, well, like you said, like, I feel like anyone, like, uh, anyone listening to this, they should go and check this guy's YouTube out and just go and check out the video that he's done for your legion
2: yeah totally yeah Legio mortis one that he did was really cool too it was like a there's a bunch that i've really yeah there's not too
1: name. many legios in there there's only like a handful yeah of them, he did but, the
2: Furians, which is really yeah, good
1: no um, astrum
2: though, he did, exactly. he, he's done the sons of horror he's done two different ones on the sons of horus which and one specifically great. on
1: the war master as yeah, well yeah. yeah so yeah go check that out and i think i think after all of that that is uh that's all I've got. So, yeah, it's been, there's been a lot going. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of, um, of, uh, terrain talk in the next hobby because that's my go to <laughs> right now is building all this fucking amazing MDF terrain. And my, every night I go to bed and I can't really feel my fingertips because they're yeah. just covered in super glue. <laughs> yeah, that's
2: the worst.
1: <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I'm going to try to get this, I'm going to try to get all this done for, uh, for the World War 3 event in a month and a half. Yeah, here, weekend
2: so. warriors, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Warriors weekend, rather. So uh, let's take a quick break, and we'll come back and talk about the dudes looking for dudes event that just happened this past weekend.
4: Dudes looking for dudes. Dudes, dudes,
1: dudes, 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 dudes. dudes. dude. Wow, John, your hobby game's looking pretty swell.
2: Yeah, it's because I've been uh, clanging and banging at uh,
1: Everything Games out there in Lankford, but Everything Games? You mean Rob store?
2: Yeah, they've got pretty much everything for all your uh, hobby game needs. Everything Games has all your hobby needs from Plastic 30K, Deptus Titanicus, Warhammer 40K, Age of Sigmar, X-Wing, Magic, and Board Games. Everything Games has you covered. Visit everythinggames.ca for more.
1: And welcome back to the dudes-looking-for-dudes breakdown.
2: Dudes, 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 dudes. Uh,
1: I think we need one of these to begin this conversation.
2: I'm with you in spirit with my glass.
1: Yes. Well, I can smell the grapefruit from here. Yeah. It's quaffable. Your favorite. Uh, yeah, so it is a Tuesday night here, and we are just fresh off of our... Uh, dudes looking for dudes, little social gathering event, I guess that's
2: that's yeah, good. yeah, it was an open, open gaming
1: open gaming little uh, open
2: keyword open,
1: yes, very <laughs> open, uh so yeah, it was a pretty good uh, turnout, We were kind of like both of us, you know, we were like, oh, well, we don 't know how many people will uh, you know turn out, but we had a good turnout of seventeen people, we had uh a wa- a pretty wide mix of games, so we had. We had Heresy, obviously, represented. We had a bunch of people playing Adeptus Titanicus. We had uh, a full, like, group of uh, a lot of guys that we don't see a lot or some completely new people uh, coming over for Necromunda, which we will get to here in a minute because, fuck, there's some cool shit there. And uh, also even had some Blood Bowl uh, going on. Totally. so a whole bunch it's of different, refreshing it was yeah. nice
2: to see some different games
1: i and it was super laid back too right so like even yeah. you know i got uh the first thing that you know you and i went on friday night we got all of our tables set up we had it in like way more of a loose like open area so we could have like a kind of area for people to chill in the center had yeah. the bar going um Like Saturday morning, I got there relatively early just to finish some rest of the setup uh, going on. But Teo is one of the first people there, and him and I got into, I did a little learning game of Titanicus with Teo. Sadly, Teo couldn't, I should say, Teo had to drop off. He had a child meltdown children take precedence
2: child meltdown.
1: children take precedence Def over Com one gaming.
2: child yeah it's
1: just like I, you could see from the like the look, look there's a slight look of fear in his eyes it's like i need to deal with this i don't want to be up all night so yeah. uh, so tayo we hope that the meltdown so tayo's
2: with us in spirit he but. is
1: but not with his sultry voice sadly <laughs> Um, so yeah we did a, a little learning game with teo teo it like definitely enjoyed it he It was like a nice i think a nice break from regular mm-hmm. gaming uh of heresy for him he said it he said it was surprisingly like Malfo, yeah, he kept saying that, which like I don't know Malfo or Mor- yeah. war machine i you yeah, yeah, so I think we'll have to get when on the next episode I'll make a note here to get teo to kind of elaborate on his feelings on on it because he he definitely he definitely enjoyed it though i don't feel like i completely got him to sink his teeth into it and be like oh well like you know this something i got to go ahead and buy like the starter box or whatever um but at the same time we were doing like pretty basic stuff like we were you know we were doing not just the basic rules, we were doing some advanced It takes time, I feel
2: like, you know, once you start really sinking into it is when it starts being like, oh, this is really cool. Yeah. Especially if you find a legio where you get kind of into it, you know. Exactly.
1: We weren't doing any legio rules. We were keeping it all pretty simple, though we were using stratagems and stuff like that. And then, like, he did take a look at some of, or no, sorry, we didn't use stratagems, and he was looking at those afterwards and like, oh, this is kind of cool, like how you can... So there's definitely, you know, didn't get the full picture, but had a good time. There are a lot
2: of people out there that say Titanic is the best game that GW is making right now, and I would be inclined to agree in a lot of ways. So you
1: haven't played Necromunda yet?
2: Yeah, that's true.
1: So, but But That's probably
2: less up my alley in terms of setting, but... Right,
1: yeah. Yeah. Um, But yeah, they're definitely killing it. So yeah, Teo and I played on uh, the Forge World board, which we had all set up with uh I think it was like the first time that it's the first time that I finally had everything where I'd done I guess I didn't talk about it but I did a few little touch-ups of terrain Mm. and like just had the you know got everything down I you kind of set up the table which was (laughs) nice as well for me because it was like I just feel like I always kind of I have typical even that i try to do it differently i have typical yeah. ways of yeah, for sure. oh, well, this building goes here and, and, yeah. and where it was nice to like walk up to that board the next That'd day after different. you set it up and just be different so had lots of fun doing that and it was totally chills because you know every it was the first thing in the morning everyone's kind of coming in there's lots of people hanging out watching the game because they're in like nico as well just sat around beside the the table and just watched us play the game because he's interested in Titanicus and just wanted to see how it played out. So um, that was super fun. And then I also played um, a 1750 game with Richard, um, World Eaters Richard, and played the list that I'm planning to bring to... So
2: he's played other than that, eh?
1: Yeah, so he's got Allegio. Yeah. so he's uh, he definitely he's played. I uh, I think that was only his like third game. Maybe? Okay. So he played uh, more of a learning game before that, and then he was just like, okay, now I'm more like, let's do the full thing, and, yeah. and and bite into it. So yeah, it was it was great. I did the list that I'm still trying to figure out what I'm going to take to uh, to the Weekend Warriors three. Um, of whether I do a pure knight list or I do a mix of legio and knight, so I did the mm. legio and knight, and I think it worked. It worked a lot better than some of the other pure legio lists that I've done. So I had two Porphyrons as a squadron together, and then I had three lancers.
2: Were you paying the paying the points increase for the Porphyrens? I was paying
1: the boys cool. of the golden throne points increase, obviously. Nice. Uh, I made my own quartermaster rule set. That's awesome. That has the point increase in there and made it for so that it could do lances as well. I
2: mean, no, I mean those Porfarions how many lancers? Two?
1: Three. Three.
2: Yeah. I mean, yeah, those are that's they're they're very good. I
1: flubbed shit. the shit out of my lance. I got one charge in with a warlord and just totally shit the bed. Yeah. And I was I
2: think there for that actually.
1: I definitely I actually see it, but. still it you know, they did their job though, because they even that they didn't take the Warlord down, that Warlord was tied up, basically, yeah, for so the rest they of the game. had
2: to turn it in some weird
1: e- yeah, way. It exactly.
2: was like facing the wrong direction. I was like, well, oh, that seems bad.
1: <laughs> so, it definitely super fun. I found, like, that game was the first game that I really felt like things were more clicking with me. Good. Um, and not, you know, I still fucking hate the rulebook. Yeah,
2: it's terrible. <laughs> it's the worst rulebook ever made.
1: <laughs> but, I even, you know... And I still was doing some flipping through it, but I always found, and I think this is just from the um, the different play styles of the you-go, I-go, where yeah. I'm so used to, like, okay, this is my whole turn, yeah. and you need to have a different mindset when you're making your moves. Yeah. Okay, what do I move? You're you like, to so move now? I turn ahead
2: a lot more than, exactly. yeah, it's really strange. So that
1: I think I struggled with quite a bit, yeah. and I think you probably saw that in playing with me where I'm just like,
2: uh, like I don't know what yeah, to do. Where this, kind of overwhelmed I, by the choices. Yeah,
1: this time I felt like it. I had more of a flow. Yeah. going. So, um, yeah, did that, and then I basically the rest of the game. You know, Teo and I. I should also uh, state that Teo and I once again won the one thing that we wanted to win at the boys at a boys' Gone throne event, and that's to be the first people at the bar, which we <laughs> succeeded at, and. Uh, found out that our Boys of the Golden Throne Yeti cups can fill just they're just a little bit small too small to fill two too tall, tall boys. two tall boys so we started off at you know each getting two strong bows tall boys and just going through that and I remember like Teo and I by the end of our games, just like I got, like, a bit of shine on. And you you were saying, like, at the end of the day, like, I thought you were going to get more turned up. This. Yeah, I'm and like, like, at oh, around I'm 1 o'clock, up. I was definitely more yeah. intoxicated than I thought I should have been for yeah. 1 o'clock. But, uh, yeah, I had a, you know, the rest of the day, I kind of just um, was popping around watching some of the Necromunda stuff. We had Steve Bryce, who, if you're not following him on uh, Facebook, he's if you're in the Necromunda terrain building group you've seen steve stuff he's just fucking prolific i'm gonna use yeah. that word
2: yeah, he does a lot of heavy weathering stuff
1: unbelievable hobby and he brought this awesome a new necromunda board which i haven't seen before it was all 3d printed stuff all those em walls and shit oh, like really? that all that's 3d print- oh, printed wow. and like yeah he went through the only thing that weren't wasn't 3d printed was the the shipping crates. Crazy. Um, and yeah, I didn't even realize that. I thought it was the new...
2: The new uh,
1: no. The, the other table had some of that new stuff on it, but his little... The smaller of the two Necromonda tables... Didn't. Um, that was pretty much all... Crazy. 3D printed. So um, just super cool to, you know basically made my tables look like a hot piece of garbage. and <laughs> psh, psh, psh. Uh, But, yeah, just really inspiring to see this is where you can go. And, you know, I was saying in the last segment how I went back to Toronto, one of the things that I found was my 1996 How to Make Terrain book that oh, GW yeah. put out, and it's <laughs> like... Looking at, you know, for the 30, 40K stuff, it was when, like, the old Necromunda stuff first dropped, which was, like, you know, you'd have the, the plastic little walls and then it was all cardboard floors and shit like that and just, like, the difference of where we're at we now. were then and where we're at yeah, now is crazy. just, like, unbelievable. So just super cool to see that level of... uh Of hobby, and towards the end of the night, I was just like, you know, that he had finished up his little game on that board, so we were picking up some of the these little. Each tile was eight by eight, and Hmm. I picked up one of the shipping crates, the GW shipping crates, and I was just like, you know, super to my to to my level of painting, this shit was fucking gorgeous and like super well weathered, and Steve at this point had had more than a few dark matters and he was just like i was just like man this this shit's beautiful and he was just like oh that's it that's actually like pretty basic <laughs> right and we're I, me and and the guy adrian um just, like, look at each other, we're, like, basic, and you start, and Steve's like, oh, yeah, it's really easy, like, you do step one, you, like, spray orange, step two, blah, 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 step three, blah, and then finally it gets down to, like, step 25 or something like that of what he's done, and, like, me and Adrian just look at each other again, and we just, at the same time, we're, like, Yeah, so, you know, a basic paint style. It's just like so crazy of just like. Well,
2: he's he's obviously not painting in the quantities of like, right? Like, he paints very small scale, very like, which is a very different thing. Yeah, totally. But
1: at the same time, like, that, what he would do in like a four by four, or I think that one was even like three by two, the one that he brought, like, the amount of terrain that's in that is probably almost as much as what we would put on a heresy board. Maybe not what I would put on a heresy board, because I like lots of train. But still, mm. he had... Did you see his fucking garbage bags? No. He had miniature little fucking garbage cool. bags full yeah. of garbage.
2: Yeah, stuff is neat. I follow him on Instagram, and stuff's pretty cool. It's so, like, at Hobby Dad or something like that.
1: Yeah, yeah, it is Hobby Dad. It, yeah. Yeah, so... I've been trying to get Steve to come out to one of our events for a while, so it was awesome to have him there. And Nick, the old GW manager, came. They were all throwing down Necro. So, yeah, basically the rest of the uh, evening I just kind of sat around and watched them play necromunda That's on awesome. that other necromunda table that was built to, that was super in my opinion up your alley of being made from a whole bunch of supplement i really like supplement that. fucking containers and it was so blade runnery yeah just these huge like i would say some of those towers cooling towers three that you feet. have were like three or four yeah, yeah three and a half feet tall yeah all these gain wings. it's pretty cool
2: i looked at it i was like goddamn i want that like effect on my table like giant like blade runner-esque Total. towers
1: yeah and the, But I was chirping them big time towards the end of it. I think this was by the time you were gone. Because, like, here they are on this fucking beautiful table with all these super high pieces of terrain, and none of them were on the high pieces of yeah. terrain. Like, everything was happening at the ground level. I'm oh. just like, you basic bitches. You've That's got this hilarious. beautiful table, and you're not taking advantage of it. But, yeah, for me, it was just really cool. Obviously not a lot of... Uh, pressure in terms of we, all we had to do is like book the place and yeah. make sure that there's tables and show up and have a good time and have yeah. some drinks. And
2: I think, I, I think, think there is more of this in the future for us. I hope um, so. Yeah. I think there will be whether or not it's in this incarnation, you know, we, we were, we who knows, you know, but maybe, maybe that's what we could turn warriors weekend into a saying literally before we record, maybe that can be the thing that we do next year at warriors weekend is make it open gaming something yeah. like that. Like, it's really nice it's a format that i think like we should embrace to be honest because it's it's super nice to have something that's not so structured yeah like i i feel like and i feel like for us it would be nice to have like one structured one non-structured thing each. yeah and then even with that it's like we'll get to play titanicus there we'll get to play 30k totally. it's just it's just not structured then you know
1: yeah i think it's uh it You know, personally for me, it's more uh, my kind of alley of just like, hey, I don't have – there's not huge pressure that I need to be here at like 9 o'clock to start this game. And you've got two and a half hours or three hours to complete it. It
2: it felt like way less of just like a fucking like, all right fucking do this like just like all go 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 all day like have to like pay attention to everyone
1: go take your lunch when you want to like you know not be worried about finishing up a game and no pressure and like for me i just played two games all day and then i just chilled and hung out and got to talk to people and
2: yeah for sure you know
1: so definitely uh definitely had a lot of fun you sir set up You'd been fucking getting ready for this for a while With all your weathering And whatnot to do this big mega battle with Jeremy So tell tell us about it So I
2: had like a giant game with Jeremy Originally it was going to be like 6,000 points And then I was like looking at my stuff And I was like building lists I was like we do 7,000 points? Because I wanted to get all my knights in, too. I just wanted to get, like, a good, healthy, like, basically all my Mechanicum, basically.
1: So you basically had everything except for your Brass Scorpion.
2: <laughs> so my Brass Scorpion, a couple HQs, uh, and a, you know, th- uh, Painted-wise, a couple HQs, Brass Scorpion, and a uh, Myrmidon. Right. Everything else.
1: But so. you had the porphyrin you had the Ordinatus, you had the two, <laughs> yeah, two uh, Mechanicum, Mechanicum knights. knights, you had one baby knight.
2: One baby knight. And then, like... Scoria had his bodyguard, tooth Thanatars. That was, like, the first like, time
1: I think I saw you run his full three-man bodyguard, because usually I think i I always run
2: him. three with him. Oh, I
1: thought you were...
2: On, you I run a two. two Castle axe with him sometimes.
1: Okay, that's what I'm thinking.
2: And about. which I probably would have done in that game if... We we had our gentleman's agreement at the beginning of the game that was like, hey, let's not blast each other's HQs off the table because if that's because get... it'll be very easy for us to do that. Right. And it was just like I don't really want to do that. So and especially with the Mechanicum, like it's funny because people kind of forget like Mechanicum are at a somewhat of a disadvantage when it comes to stuff like that in huge games because you can't take a transport with like your big monstrous creature unit. Right. So if you're like you know my three domitars aren't going to last very long if a fucking war warhound with a t- double t- turbo right laser is just like <laughs> fucking dump dump d- dump on them one turn and kill all three of them. So yeah, um, yeah, it was a, it was a pretty cool game. I mean, Jeremy's list was nasty. It was, it like, was a lot. Of, it was a lot of tanks. I did not count how many yeah. tanks it was, but I would guess it was, guess that it was so around twenty-ish.
1: Yeah, he brought his iron hands, and to put it in perspective, he had. A rubber-made bin, like your standard—I don't know, like three feet by two foot yeah. by like four foot Full or no, like three foot high, shit. just all stacked with tanks. Yeah, like it was crazy how many fucking. Yeah, tanks
2: a lot are of tanks, there. man. And my list was very like it was just the stuff that I have, and and you know how I am—I don't like to like spam fucking like haywire shit. Mm-hmm. And like so I don't my list doesn't really have it has like two units of haywire. That when
1: you basically. Have a, an sir. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, and
2: so I was kinda I was like looking at it and I was like, oh, this Is gonna have to do a lot of heavy lifting <laughs> like so yeah, I don't even remember what Jeremy's list was exactly, but it was all tanks, all terminators. It was a lot of tanks. it was like the definition It was like of six or seven Land Raider equivalents like
1: because you guys had two Spartans, you guys were doing it on an eight by four. Yeah, and it seemed what the deployment that you're using we did was angled, the, the like, angled corners, yeah, right? Corners. and it looked to me that Jeremy's entire deployment zone was filled with tanks. Yeah, he like, had
2: to play like three or four tanks. Oh, reserve. and he had
1: the uh, and a warhound, right?
2: He had a warhound. He had a glaive. He had Ferris Manas, and a Spartan.
1: Which I chirped him back because Ferris is dead. Yeah,
2: and he had <laughs> uh, um, a Typhon.
1: I definitely, that was one of my highlights of the day was going up in my... C- nerd voice and just being like, um, excuse <laughs> me, but sc- when Scoria yeah. was, yeah. when Ferris Manus was alive, Scoria was in prison. So this game yeah. is a lie.
2: I think we <laughs> just like wanted to see the like sweet, like giant bodyguard fight and like actually oh, yeah. have Scoria and a Scoria fight a Primark sort of thing. Um, <laughs> yeah, but it was, yeah, it was a cool game. I mean, um,
1: did you guys get into combat? In- yeah, we got into combat so and like,
2: so the game, so basically like the game kind of ended on turn four because it was i we both wanted to get another game and we were kind of tired but also it was starting to swing in his favor really heavily because like i didn't have enough anti, anti-tank and like i knew that from the beginning i looked at his list and i was like all right well this is gonna be <laughs> a fucking tough one like even with the ordonatus yeah. even with the ordonatus and even with the you know i he had a he had a warhound that had uh had a fucking turbo laser on it that was pretty scary for me like yeah like um, but he had you know, two turbo lasers on it, no, right? he just had one turbo laser, thankfully. And uh, <laughs> and uh plasma. I, got, I got lucky in the a plasma, yeah. yeah. And I got I got lucky better. in a way, he rolled a six on my poor fairy on the first time he shot on it, which Ooh. was turn two. But then he only rolled a one, so it survived one hall point. <laughs> so I was like, Oh, thank god. Because like, if he had killed the poor fairy on there, it would have been really, really got eight. bad, they huh? Got eight hall points? Yeah, yeah, okay. And then he dropped like. He killed a knight on turn two and it like fucking blew up and it took like, it took like three, it took two Thalax with it, two Myrmidons and a fucking Thanatar, which was oh. like not good. It was just like, well, <laughs> that was about a thousand points in my army that just went boom. Um... <laughs> But yeah, no. It was, I mean, it was fun. The fucking ornatus, like the first time I shot it, it, it the ornatus is funny because it's like it's it is like. Don't get me wrong, it's really powerful. I'm not. I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh, it's not that powerful. It is really powerful, but it's not as powerful as I think some people think. Because the thing is, is it's at 1100 points, which is a fucking shit ton of points. Yeah, it's really hard for it to make its points back. So you know, I shot it. I got I shot it three or four times during the game, it was four times and what it generally seems to mostly do is plank hull points off of tanks. It doesn't blow up tanks that great. Uh but the first time I shot it, it blew up a typhon, which was really nice, yeah. killed it just straight up, which was like,
1: <laughs> oof, it was I heard like that went across God. across the room. Yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> but it it did pretty well. It it just basically plunked so I had like a really fucking crazy ideal shot and I think the first shot I made I hit eleven tanks with it and just basically like just was like boom across the middle of the table blew up the the typhon and then just like plunked whole, whole points off of a that bunch of tanks i like I, I immobilized i think four tanks Then that that in that first shot, yeah in that first shot which was pretty brutal That's that pretty was kind of like one of the more like yeah but it was it, it was fun and then um man that porphyrion it's so good it's so good like <laughs> It is so... At
1: 28 mil and 8 mil. Yeah,
2: totally. <laughs> and, like, I was running mine as a heavy support, so it had tank hunter for the nightless, and it was just, like... Oh, because you had ally. Oof. It is yeah. nasty, man. Like, I shot... I Every time I shot at something, I could basically guarantee, like, a certain amount of damage to, like... Like, it, it's, like, it's surprisingly good at taking out other super heavies. It really is. Like, I always look at it, I'm like, well, it's four strength, ten shots. Like... You wouldn't think that would be that great taking it super heavy, but with all the rerolls, it's really good at taking them out. with it. Exactly. Yeah. Well, even without tank under though cuz they're fucking ordnance. That's
4: so true. you're rolling yeah. 3,
2: you're rolling 2d6 and then you're allowed to reroll that and it's, it's like it's just a lot, right? So it's like for instance, like I shot at his uh warhound the first round and I took like I took 3 hull points off of it and I took down its uh, shields.
1: That, oh, you used it to strip the shield to an- So
2: you did I use I actually just fired my um, Missiles My Castle Axe Out of the first oh, turn okay. Yeah And then the second turn I shot at the ca- Shot at it with the Castle Axe Again Stripped another three Hall points off of it And I was like Alright It had four Hall points left I was like I can I can take this out now So I then I directed The Porphyria on it And it was like No problem Dead and then the same thing with the glaive. It was like the glaive was down to five hall points. And I was like, all right, let's shoot the it." And, and, and like, that's, that's what my experience with it is. Every time I shoot it at something like that, like it's the same thing happened with Matt and Tao every single time. It's so, it has so many rerolls that it's just like, I can guarantee it's going to do like roughly four or five hall points to a super heavy. And it's just like, it's so good. It just really is like, it really probably should be 600 points, but while well, at least close to 600 points base Like
1: Wait it said It's 540 It's
2: 560 Okay So it's about It's about 580 After the last cannons It's like You know I, I do think it's a little bit Under cost It's for sure But I also think that people For whatever reason I think whenever I see people Playing against them They also don't appear To have answers or they're not focusing on them enough because right. like a porphyrion will die. If you shoot at it, it's not invincible. The idea that it's like this unkillable thing is like a little bit ludicrous because like, how many times have I killed your Atropos knight? Which is, is it, which I don't is, know. are
1: we talking in general or just with the fucking dreadnought? That's,
2: <laughs> that's the thing. Like, like <laughs> like in general, like whatever, you know, like, but how many times have I killed that thing? And that is ostensibly the exact same toughness as a porphyrion. It's right. one less hall point And, but it has an Ionic flare shield, yeah, that's true. which is basically the yeah, same thing. True. So I always look at it and it's like people are like, oh, Porphyrion's like impossible to kill. And I'm like, look, I'm not saying that a Porphyrion's easy to deal with it, it. It isn't. But if you have certain answers, if you have like things with Melta that are, you know, outflanking things like things that can actually do some solid damage to it, it's very killable. And once you surround knights, they're, they're really not that hard to kill when you get their side arcs. Like right. once you split shields, like, you know, so my advi- my advice to anyone who's dealing with Porphyrions and thinks that they're unkillable is to get like a Melt-A-Gun squad that's either outflanking or like in a pod or something like that. Like and you'll have no problem. Like yeah, exactly. Yeah. You'll have no problem killing any knight with that. But uh, yeah, so regardless, it did really well. It died turn three, which was one turn longer than I expected it to last. And then it was just like I said, it was kind of swinging. The Ordinatus is just so insanely durable. That's, I think, where like a lot of its points are.
1: Yeah. You know, like. Because it's going to last to get you to.
2: You turn. can't, you literally you can't, can't alpha strike an Ordinatus. Yeah. The only thing you can alpha strike it with is some bullshit like haywire guys in a. In a drill, but other than that, I'm sure. Like, Jeremy
1: was cursing himself so that he didn't.
2: That. <laughs> but my my that's the thing. My mechanicum are very well suited to deal to countering that. So it's like that's not even really a threat to me um, personally because I have augury scanners for things like that. Right. So it's just extremely hard to kill one. Like like minus three strength with fourteen hull pl- Like it's 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 tough. It's as tough as a reaver titan, if not tougher. I would say which is like what you're getting out of. And you, you, I mean, you'll experience it, right? You've got your Sagittarius whatever it's called. The one that starts with an S, the volcano cannon one. Yeah. But legit, I think that one, that's more powerful to me. I really do think for the points, I think that one's going to be fucking crazy. Cause you can sit in a corner, 700 points and it can sit in a corner. It will never die. Mine has to be kind of out front which means that it gets assaulted. Yeah. It's just hard to keep it, it yeah, alive because it kind of has to. Action exactly. I can't have it behind units. Right. So and I like that. I really like that. Like to me, it's like the ordnance is fun. It's silly. It's for giant games. I only ever bought it with the intention of playing it in 5,000 points or above. I I won't bring it in games less than that. And like, it's it's fun because when it does fucking blow up, people feel great because it takes half my army with it too. So it's not like this, like it's you know, it's it's yeah. it's for fighting reavers and shit like that and like warhounds with D weapons and shit, right? So it's pretty fun. Um, but yeah, that game ended up so it was kind of kind of starting to swing. It looked like okay, it's swinging in his favor. Then it, my turn went and it was like my ordnance did pretty well. I can't remember. I blew up a couple things and it was like, oh, this is actually sort of swung back and you know. And then, but we were kind of getting tired, so we played out the the last combat and then, and they called
1: it. So what what happened with that? that so combat? the
2: combat, sadly, I rolled kind of like shit. So I charged oh, Ferris's oh. unit, and I I don't know what I was thinking. It was like, you know, just too much going on or whatever. But I forgot to do my hammer wrath hits with my fucking domatars, which I felt terrible oh, about yeah. when I remember because they do like d three each. Yeah. So it's like it's enough to be like. Alright, take take fucking nine strength Strength strike seven, but still it's just like take fucking because it's their base strength. Oh okay. so it's like take like fucking nine strikes seven hits like what whatever, it's gonna kill something, right? Like yeah. uh so I forgot that, which kind of sucked. But then I attacked what was he had with Ferris, Ferris. Autec, more, and ten Terminators. What kind of cherries? Uh ter- Cataphracti. Okay, with fists so, and with fists yeah, mostly, yeah. yeah. So and like it was a couple axes, I think so I charged and it was like initially it was like, okay, that's pretty good. I got the charge. I shot. I think I killed one on the on the way in. And then I charged him. No, actually I didn't kill one on the way in. I made him take a shit ton of saves, but he he got lucky and didn't take any wounds. And then okay. charged him, got a really good roll. I did ten wounds to him with the Dolmatars alone. And then I only killed three Terminators. And I was like, Oh, this is a bad start. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then and he's got more attacked back yeah, and yeah. then Atek Moore more got a six and killed the Domitor. outright. Oh, and then he did four more wounds with his power fist and I couldn't pass a single invulnerable. So that was another Domitor dead. Who's power fist? Just the, just the, the, uh, the terminators. So they just killed, like, I was hoping that one Domitor would survive with one wound. Right. So you could attack one more time. And it was like, nope, no. died next round. Other Domitor got killed, killed like maybe a terminator or two. And then it was just like, okay, it's Atec more and, like, four Terminators and, like, Eight. and Ferris, like, surrounding Scoria. Yeah, Scoria's missing end. all of his attacks. Like, it's not gonna end Scoria's all. tough, man. He's, like, he's fun and he's nasty, but he just sucks at rolling the hit. For whatever reason, every fucking time I play him, I roll my five attacks on the charge, my four attacks, whatever. I'll hit with one, and then I either won't wound or I'll wound, and then they pass their save. And it'll just keep happening that way over. And be like, all right, one save, pass. One save, pass. I'm like, fuck, <laughs> fucking fail one, goddamn it. Because if you fail one, it's devastating. It's like, if you if you took like, so if you took two wounds from Scoria, it's like a big. That's bad. That's a big deal. That's like, oh shit, your Primark might take a fuckload of damage on this, right? Because then it's like an extra two D three, invulnerables you're taking, right? But getting that wound is not easy because you only got so many attacks, right? So, um, but he's fucking tough as hell. So he, he wasn't dead. He was, he was like, at had three wounds and they kept hitting him. It was like, he'd get like a one wound on him and I like, feel the pain pass, feel the pain pass, <laughs> which is pretty funny. But yeah, so it ended up being 16 to 17, but it was, uh, oh, for, it in was his, it. in his favor. Yeah. So it was cool. It was a good game. And that's like kind of how it always is with me and Jeremy. And I, like part of like part of what I think, why I like playing with him and why he likes playing with me is we're both like good players. So, <laughs> We both kind of know what's going on and, and we both kind of know, when, like we were, each of us were pulling a lot of punches, right? Like we were like, I, there was a couple of times where I let things survive where like I didn't have to. And there was a couple of times he did that with me too, where it was right. just like, we didn't want it to just be like cutthroat. Cause it's a big stupid game. Yeah, we just yeah, want it to be fun. So, yeah. Totally.
1: Yeah. So what I like. Good. I also really enjoy playing Jeremy because like, you know, he's a very good player. Yeah. But he's also, and he can't, like, he can fucking rub your nose in the dirt if you want to. But he's, if, he's also good about, like, sharing information.
2: Yeah, exactly. Right?
1: Like, you know, I might get my ass kicked by Jeremy, but I'm definitely 100% going to learn something. He
2: understands, like, he understands now that, like, yeah, it's true. And it's, like, it's one of those things of, like... If you're playing against someone who is a really good player, but you all and you always feel like they're, you know, you get that vibe that it's like their goal is only to win and they're doing everything they can to win. Yes. And you're just feeling like, kind of like, all right, this isn't like, you know, and that's, I think that's what like, w- I I try to be that kind of player too. Where like I I consider myself to be a pretty good player. Like I've played a lot and yeah. like I do know the rules quite well. And I and I do like I play fat, like especially with mechanicum. Right, like I don't lose a ton of my mechanicum these days. But like I try to make it so that my lists aren't just like okay you're, you you have no chance. Like that's why I won't take like fucking three Psybees and stuff like that. I'd never want yeah, it to yeah. be like the 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 list is just so min maxy that like. Like, you're, like, looking at it, you're like, well, what the fuck do I do against this? I have no chance ever. Like, it may seem that way because it's a mechanicum to people who don't play them, but for mechanic, you know, I remember talking to Devlin, for instance, right? And he yeah. was he was like, man, like, was like, you could be so much nastier with your with the cybernetica list. And I'm like, yeah, yeah but I don't totally. want to be. Yeah. Like, and I just want my, I want a good list, but I just, I, I want a mix of cool and effective always, right? Yeah. And that's what I think is good, good with, with Jeremy too. And it's like, and and the longer that he's played, I think that he's become better about like using less ideal units. And right. I think that's a lot of that has been me hitting him over the head with a fucking pan, <laughs> like being like, "Dude, you don't always have to take the best units. Like, just take things because they're cool sometimes. Yeah. Like, you know."
1: Well, I think I think what you said there too of just like you know, you guys were both kind of pulling punches because hey, you know, we're doing well, it to be fun. We're and doing that's, a 7,000-point yeah. game. it's stupid as
2: fuck, and you gotta set it, it's going to take forever to set up, and we know that, like... Whoever, whoever wins, gets, it doesn't matter. It's literally yeah. my whole collection against his whole collection. It's well, not, also like, like
1: whoever gets first round at a, at huge a game advantage. like that yeah. size is a huge advantage. Exactly. So like if you're you know that should be just a game. It was
2: funny though because he got first turn and I was like bracing for like all
1: right, but it, <laughs>
2: but it wasn't as bad as I was expecting, which was which was interesting.
1: So we we talked about his sabers at the beginning, yeah. uh, of the episode. I'd, so those were
2: one of the things I like was trying so hard to avoid shooting but then like they kept getting in the way of the ordonatus i was like oh, he's a little tumor no and then i like fired i was like i'm sorry man but i have to shoot my ornatus through here i can't just not shoot because there's a and he's like no but it was hilarious because it kept surviving
1: so th- that's the first time i've seen them in the flesh I'm, I'm guessing that's the first time you've seen them too
2: yeah i think the volcate ones are pretty good um i
1: just love the size they're so yeah they're pretty and cool small. like they're probably the size of my like maybe not even yeah, that much bigger than totally. my iPhone like, I legit though think food. they're pretty
2: good like uh I think if you ran those Volkite ones with uh, with lists that have much more threatening things they would get ignored and because of that they could actually be alright
1: That I was thinking they like uh, not that I'm buying things right now because it's 2020 yeah. and the and the, the year of the backlog but having uh two like a Volkite Two of them in a squadron would be, I think, really cool for Chondex type. That'd be
2: great, yeah. They they remind me a lot of the um, Sakaran Punishers, but, like, way less points investment, which is... How many shots do they get? The biggest problem with the Securit Punisher. Oh, like, ten. But I'm just saying, in, in their role, right, two of them is roughly, like, probably 180-ish points, and it's 20 shots okay, of, like, yeah, Volkite, yeah. you know? Oh, <laughs> They're anti-infantry <laughs> things that, like, will get ignored... To some extent, Sakaran so Punishers are little. just like I love them. <laughs> Punishers are just over that, like where they're like they're more points. Obviously, there are a lot of points for what they are, they're but they're also like people are scared of them because yeah, no they shit. know the giant rending shots. <laughs> so they get focused on is where these things kind of will. I think will get ignored a bit, but people keep talking about the the neutron laser on them. I think I don't think that's a good option. It's only strength nine. It's not ordinance, so it's only getting one attempt at.
1: I think I think you'd be crazy. Not to buy if you buy them to not magnetize them. Yeah, of course. Because the kit That's what's awesome like, about them. Yeah, has been made. You know, I don't. I think, think that kit would. The, I think
2: that kit would be bullshit if they if you if it weren't magnetized for the size of those tanks and just like the like of sort of throwaway nature sure. of what yeah. they actually are yeah. on the table. It's so, like, yeah, I want little, little ubiquitous like things that I can make into like whatever I want. You know, versus like. I've spent $150 on a tank that's smaller than a fucking Rhino and does one thing and it's not that great at it, you yeah, know?
1: totally. But, yeah, yeah I just, like, I, I, you know, with it, 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 seeing that in the flesh and, and being, because I was kind of skeptical about it, of just, like, seeing the shot comparisons, I'm like, well, that looks cool, but, like, it's, you know, it's once you actually see it in the flesh, it's a, you get a different opinion yeah, for it.
2: totally. And
1: by seeing that, it's only made me super stoked to see one of the new bomber tanks yeah. type because i don't know if you've seen the screen the shots of that it's like almost the size of a spartan
2: yeah they're about they're about i think they're, they're not like a taller big, than a they're like a Sakaran, but they're taller yeah so they're about a land raider i think
1: yeah they're they're big so yeah I'm very excited to. They're
2: to, cool. I would be way more excited if their rules weren't so fucked. Like I,
1: I'm taking rules completely. Yeah, out and, uh, of the conversation of just the. I model just they're aspect. just bumming
2: me out because I specifically think the model's really cool and I wish the rules are better. Like I I was looking at them and I I don't I think the bombard is actually okay. The range is too low on it. That but that new one, the fucking like the grav bombard one, which was the yeah, one yeah, that yeah. I was more interested in because yeah. I thought it aesthetically looked awesome. Those rules are fucking. Trash. I don't.
1: I, I haven't done a deep It's diamond.
2: a fucking large blast, haywire shot with ordnance, have, which doesn't even affect haywire. Did, yeah. <laughs> it's AP four. It's range twenty four. It's a hundred forty points. It's the same fucking points as a Medusa.
1: That I saw like a meme, or maybe it wasn't a meme, but it was basically like someone took the screenshot, a side profile of it, and then they put, like, an angle trajectory thing on the other yeah, side. Yeah, I saw that. And it was just, like, Games Workshop explained to me how this works <laughs> at 24 <laughs> inches just from, like, the angles that it would be at yeah. or something. But I don't know. I just think, like, taking the rules completely out of They are them, cool. I like them.
2: Beautiful. They remind me I of the Valentine uh, Archer tank from World War Two, which was, like, that reverse-mounted... Uh, yeah, okay. Gun. It was like a river it was like a a valentine tank which was a british um medium tank and it was switched around so that they could get a longer gun barrel on it it was a, it was a uh t- uh what do you call it a, a tank destroyer okay. and they put like a fucking five i can't remember like a four uh 4 pounder gun on it or sure. whatever and it was like it drove in reverse but it was like a very cool like the They're great. Like World War Two is a great analogy for like the way that these uh, these uh, the heresy designs should be because they should be using things that are like experimental a little more out there because it's like when you think about it the war machine is at its peak so like that's when you'd see shit like that yeah you'd be seeing designs that weren't necessarily like continued because maybe they were not the most efficient or maybe not the most like um, easy to re to to Replicate or maybe right. the easiest to fix, or whatever it might be, so like I appreciate it as soon as I saw it. I was like, oh, that's cool, everyone else seemed to kind of hate on the fucking reverse i' don't, I think it's super, yeah I think it's I think it's cool. pretty cool
1: i it, I just like I want to see it seems like for the past uh really like almost two years, there has been a lot more specific things like here's your your legion Legion upgrade stuff, your your legion specific terminators for, you know, all the different legions that have come out. And I think they're, I
2: think they're starting to realize that like in order for them to continue, like keeping people happy and like entertained that they need to have like things that are for everyone.
1: Well, it's exactly (laughs) is. And it also kind of goes to, well, if because of the nature of the rule set and kind of dipping back into our conversation before of, you know, they, if the rule set's gonna stay the same for so long, they yeah. need to introduce these little things yeah. here and there that are for everyone, quote unquote, at least Legion players, yeah. let's say. That and
2: they're doing experimental rules, which I like, you know, like yeah. I like the b I like that Bombard's rules. I aside from the range. The yeah. One, yeah. Like yeah, I, I I've been cool. people keep talking shit about the whole like D6 hit thing I'm totally but to me that. that's like that makes perfect sense what they're trying to represent is saturation. Yeah. So it's a it's an area being hit by small explosives. It's yeah. not one big explosion that's hitting like
1: yeah. I think, I think it's rad. I think you know, yeah. just doing something, I like that it's different. I think at this point, yeah, totally. Me, I like that. that, that yeah.
2: Like I don't want everything to just be fucking boo oh, big blast. Yeah, exactly. It's like some people really don't like forge World's approach to that stuff because they do get like very like heavy rules that are very like intensive, you know, like rules where like, if you do a penetration, you do an extra D3, you roll on a result D three times and stuff like that. Like, They they like to get these rules. They're very grognardy, but I like that stuff personally. Like,
1: yeah, I I think I think uh, I just like.
2: Exo shock shit like that you like know? I,
1: if they put out a new rule set and they got rid of blasts or templates in general i'd be poopy 100%. i don't want that at all but know. i do like i like a mix of it because like you said yeah. it's a, it's a different mindset of what this thing is. well doing. and to it's me it was like, like looking like at the
2: model right? it was like yeah it's little fucking explosive warheads it makes perfect sense exactly it's like they're all launching in the air and okay. they're blowing up and like
1: just think the distance of Iraq, apart. Man. The yeah. Iraq war man just, like, all exactly. those missile tanks or Scud missile. Yeah, exactly.
2: whole Scud.
1: Yeah. I, it'd be cool to see if they do. Um, I'd love to see some sort of, like, Legion-specific upgrades for that. Like, I when I saw that, I just, like, I immediately thought Death Guard and, yeah. like, some poison aspect to it or something yeah. like that. But, yeah, let's let's see more of that kind of shit. I want to see in.
2: more Phosphack you know,
1: shit. You dirty girl.
2: I just want stuff that's like irradiated looking and cool. It's awesome.
1: <laughs> so you did you did the big game. What what else did you get? Uh,
2: and then I got a Titanicus game in. So I played against Phil.
1: Uh, sorry, can you pronounce that correctly? Fill her up. Thank you. There was and, not enough emphasis uh, in that, but I'll take it.
2: Yeah. I played my uh, 1750 list for okay. the Weekend Warriors. I really like it. It's a good list.
1: So which, uh, which Maniple is that?
2: It's, uh, what the fuck is it called? Um, I always forget the name of it. What's the construction? The one with the warhounds who can merge shields with the warlords. Oh, the... oh, uh, Ge- R- Genet- uh,
1: Ra- Yeah, Regenta. Regenta Or something.
2: Like yeah, that. yeah, yeah. But that's my favorite mana pole by far. Because I like Warhounds. I like Warlords. And I feel like when I. I like. There's a bunch of reasons. But like part of it is that the Warhound Warlord combo, the Warhounds are cheap enough that they allow me to get more like bodies on the table. But also they give me maneuvering that I don't have with the Warlords, which is nice. They give me like a style of play that doesn't exist with the Warlords, is where something like a Reaver feels like it's a little bit more like um, could so much closer to the warlords that I feel like when I play reavers and, and lists with two warlords, the reavers just kind of feel like they're not really like living up on their end a little bit. Like they're just sort of like, feel like they're like, okay, we're like, we don't really have like a reason to be here except for the fact that we're another Titan, but it's like, it doesn't feel like it's filling the hole, plugging the holes that the warlords have. It just kind of feels like a weaker version of a warlord. That's like, you know what I mean? Um, But yeah, that, and then I have a Porphyrian. I really like Warlords. I like, I'm always like, whenever I play anything, I like to play heavy stuff. And like, and, and I, I, I like maneuvering and I like the fact, like, I feel like the Warlords play really well into the way that I like to play, which is like, I'm good at angling and stuff like that. And I'm good at like.
1: You're good with the movement, first, for sure. Yeah,
2: so, like, I, I'm i not... this is very, very rare that I find my warlords at a position, which I find, like, when I play with a lot of other people, it seems like they're not so good at, like, keeping their warlords yeah. in a good position, yeah. but I don't have that problem very often, so I find them to be, like... I, it's funny, when I started the game, I thought they were kind of underpowered, and now I'm like, oh, they're very powerful. Like, I do work with my warlords.
1: Well, I think that was also your... When we were just rocking, like... Quin Bellaco says with or sorry Bellacosa yeah.
2: But I mean I've been using the Bellacosa one and I like I, st- I still think that's a great loadout I don't but know you're why also people are
1: doing that with conjunction with your other warlord, yeah. where that one is just sitting in the back, and you, and all you need to do is do your position, your yeah. slight turn to get it into position, and then you're just sitting back and nuking shit. Exactly,
2: right? and it feels like a very good support titan at that Absolutely. point. It's gets stripping shields, anything that is open can is going to be taken like fucking Bellicosa hits, which is always like it's fucking scary when your titan's shields are down to get hit with a bellicosa it fucking oh, yeah. is scary it's also an excellent and if not the only counter to a castus which is part of the reason why i feel personally that i don't struggle with the castus as much in games because like i almost always have that thing as like my fire firebase. base and if i'm playing against some of the castus i'm just waiting until the last counter deployment against the Casas with it. And at the, and yeah. they know what's going to happen. I'm looking yeah. directly at them and it's like, yep. so, but yeah, it was fun. Um, a Casas are brutal. He had two of them and they're definitely like, they're, they're definitely like disproportionate right now for what they are. Um, I've been kind of thinking of some things that we could do, like potentially, uh, I feel like the bit that the easiest thing to do to them to fix them really would be to leave them the same points as they are and take blasts off of the Magnolized cannons. I think that would do a
1: lot, but then you can target. Yeah, but you're not,
2: I mean, yes, but like that's only going to be four shots. I think we
1: need to play with it in in different ways. I've also thought of making them, uh, as well, like, I've had two thoughts. One, making them that you need to take a minimum of two for Manipul, which is what the Mournival, um I believe. Oh, I don't like that because
2: I only own one. Huh? I don't like that because I only own one.
1: I know, but I just I. So there. This is a twofold thing. So we could do that, but you there's also the whole counter argument to. These guys, I find, and because I'm also putting a night list together, I understand this. If you're doing a night list, they're
2: the only thing you have. They're the
1: only thing you have, right? So yeah, it's true.
2: And they should be powerful. They're they're just a little little
1: like potentially maybe we do something like okay, if we put a max to the amount that you can bring, we have like a max for this is how many you can take as like a support banner. Yeah, and this is the max that you can take if you are, or maybe we just don't have a max. If you're, do- I think, still think we need to do yeah. a max. Not that I'm worried about some dickhead rolling up with a fucking like sixteen acastis and just being. like... They're, they're just
2: tough because, like, they're also tough because they just like things like warhounds and reavers have no answers to them, which is like that's they're 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 also just kind of disproportionately tough. Which I don't think would be as much of an issue if you could if you could more readily ignore them. But the thing is, is that like like. Taking shots from one is devastating, and like the fucking missiles, like the missiles alone, like I was playing against Phil and he didn't even realize they were rapid, which is like a weird rule to begin with. I don't yeah. know why they even have that rule, but they're firing six shots each with rapid, that essentially gives them a very, very, very comparable. Um, Ability to strip shields to a warlord Yeah It's a little bit worse than a warlord
1: You know it's funny I kept forgetting about my missiles And I didn't even need them
2: (laughs) Yeah It's like It's just a lot right And then you start firing The fucking Magna Laz cannons And like yeah, like I get where you you know you couldn't target but the biggest thing with those things is that when you're hitting with the blast you're getting two hits. And at that point, that's true. That's, yeah. that's that's what I mean by that. Yeah. It's like you're literally like doubling. So one can put down eight hits, which is devastating. And then because it's all the same weapon system when you have multiples of them in a unit, they're all hitting the same fucking part. Right. So if you are in a warlord and for instance like I fought yours and two of them shot at my warlord, and they hit the legs, and I think they had, like, six or seven hits with the the main, you know, things. It didn't do that much. It wasn't that bad. It's going to be a four plus to do anything. So I think I took, like, two points of structure damage. It wasn't that bad. But when you're shooting at something like a Warhound, oh, and then you hit it in the body gonna or something, it it's going to fucking tear it apart. It's yeah. going to be gone in one turn. Like. So it's just well, like the legs
1: of a of a warlord are like the toughest things. Exactly. Out there, right. Exactly. So it, yeah. It's def. They're definitely gonna do, struggle more with warlords, but you know. For but the reavers, fact that like
2: reavers can't even hurt them, like that's that's the, what's really weird about them to me. Is really your or like a mag magna cannon, which I I think that or a melticannon. I think the melticannon is probably the only really reliable thing, but then you have to get close yeah. because of the d10. Because it's like, oh, it's strength eleven, but then you're rolling a D ten. So then you've actually got a pretty decent chance at getting that seventeen.
1: And just piecing it out, yeah. But But they are that yeah. I think that is the the problem is that they have
2: If they weren't blast though, I don't think that'd be nearly as big of a problem.
1: But even that additional their the toughness of the like that I personally I see it as a two issue problem is that you've got They've got an issue with how powerful they are with shooting, but they also are so fucking well tough I, it, as balls. It's
2: true, yeah. And like, I don't know how you fix that. I don't know if you. Well,
1: they've already I, put the cards out. The so. cards are out,
2: <laughs> so like that's kind of my point. Is like, well, at least if you decrease their the shooting ability by not making the blast, then they'd be much more ignorable. You don't have to. You not have to focus on them as much. Right. But yeah, they're they're caught in a weird. Is sort of a weird spot, and but like if, I understand. If, they ta-
1: if you take away blast, though, you got to look at it from this perspective as well. Is that then, if you're a knight household, you have like not a whole lot of stuff to go up against other knights. Well, uh, uh, other knights. You mean other? You mean titans? What do you mean? No, other knights. Because like knights in general is blast is where it's where it's at. Oh, uh, yeah.
2: Back. I mean, you can still kill them with.
1: To, you can for sure and
2: shit, but yeah.
1: But that's the weird thing about where that is is that because of it's the very way, swingy,
2: and it feels like it's they they just they don't feel very well thought out right now. I We're think sh-
1: I, I I think it's also like is you haven't done a deep dive in the in the house night house rules right?
2: No. So really. like, like now that I've done that dive,
1: it's just like well, I can understand the way that they been it's almost like they've been built. Specifically for the night list, yeah, but not thought about how, and and I'm sure that they have their but.
2: points are just that I don't understand their points though. Like when I look at their rules, and I'm like, you guys thought these were worth ninety points each, <laughs> like because here's the thing: I put I put last cannons on mine mainly because I'm mainly because like first off they're overpowered, so like I want to increase their points to begin with, but also because I'm like. I play my real Acastas with last cannons. So, like, I want well, them to it's have... And the last... only
1: weapon option out there for them right
2: now. Well, they, but but they can... No, no, I mean, like, the like instead of auto cannons. So, it ups oh, their points by 10 points. Right. But yeah, anyone who's, like, a grognard, right? They're not like do you that. think Like, uh, do you think Ashton's taken no. last cannons on his? So, they're actually only 80 points. Yeah. Right? Like... So they're just they're just disproportionately lowly costed. They're they're very durable. They have a massive amount of fire output. I would be okay with them keeping certain elements of this, but like something's gotta change, you know? And and I can understand like because they're not like a Titan where like if you hit a warlo you can't kill a warhound in one hit. But you can kill an Acassus in one hit. So if yeah. you make it straight if you make it too yeah. too low of a threshold to get a critical hit, they might just disappear too easily. Yeah. But relative to the points, I think they're way too high. Yeah. Like, so, but they're still cool. And I think if people aren't taking more than two of them, I think if you're taking three or four, you're getting into dickhead land.
1: Well, I'm taking three, but I'm taking up pure night. List. That's
2: different. Yes. I'm when I say it's, yeah, I'm, I'm speaking specifically to like Titan players yeah, who are yeah. when you're playing a night list, you have literally, that is your one answer for like ranged output. Yeah. So yeah. Um, but regardless, it was a fun game. Um, I like you said, you were starting to feel a little bit more in joint with the rules. I'm starting to get there too. I'm starting to get these sy- get already. these synergies. But I'm getting better. Like yeah. I re- I feel like I'm getting synergies now. Where like, um, yeah, I'm learning how to set traps. I'm figuring out what weapons work. I've been using the uh, March of the Dead right a lot lately because like I've been taking loadouts on my Titans that are. Like right now, my my main list is like the one Bellicosa Warlord that's in the back, but everything else has stuff that's sort of like a thirty six inch range ish. Yeah. So I've been using March the Dead to be like, now I'm in your in range, and 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 being like setting things up in a way where I can really target, where I can focus fire mm-hmm. a lot, and like two Warhounds. With like a bunch of shield stripping ability and some strength 10 and plasma and a warlord that's got double fucking sun furies and those things on those uh the laser blasters on top, which are like a good mid range for like they can strip shields pretty well. Yeah. And they can also finish off Titans damage, really well. Yeah. It's just a lot that you can focus on one Titan and like. Man, that yeah, shit that brings if down. If, titans if your shields vast. are down
1: and that thing's in range, you're gonna
3: feel. It hurts. Hurt.
2: Yeah, totally. Yeah. So yeah, it's uh, it's a good game though. I'm enjoying it. So, so we what, we played. What happened? So I think I, my perspective is that we should have tied, but I think that the core missions are a little bit fucked up right now. So like he had the mission where he had to get his uh, titan off the table. I wasn't catching on to that. Yeah. I couldn't stop him from doing it anyways. I had the mission to keep people out of my deployment zone. We both succeeded. Um, I, at the end, I believe, had... I can't remember what I had left. I think I had... It
1: was another tight game, though. That's what. It was a pretty tight
2: game. I think he had a warlord left, and I think I had two warlords left, if I remember correctly. And both my warhounds had died. I had killed two of his reavers and, and a warhound. And his one Reaver got off, and then I had taken out both of his Acasas, I believe. Okay. With a lot of shooting. Um... Yeah, and then so it ended up working out in my favor for the points because my mission was, like, 15 points for keeping him outside of, like, the deployment zone as far as it was. Plus, I got points for destroying his Titans. And he got 15 for getting his guy off, but, like, no extras. Yeah. So it was, like, I don't really think it was an actual victory for me. Like, I think in reality it was probably more of a tie, but in terms of mission points, I won. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, it was a good game. Um. Yeah, figuring out those rhythms, figuring out the combos that I like and stuff, and yeah.
1: Well, I didn't mention what I uh, what I took other than the knights that I took in that list, but I basically followed from the last game that you we you and I played. You gave me some advice on how I was running shit, so what I ended up doing was the Fortis Maniple, which is the same as the one that you took, but instead of with the uh, warhounds being able to join shields with the reavers it's reavers so i did um a warlord with uh a pelicosa a quake cannon and missiles sitting in. that
2: seems like a good loadout
1: sitting together with another long-range reaver with a volcano cannon uh laser blaster and missiles and then i had my melta cannon chain fist uh missile launchers like running up and then the knights the three knights were doing outflanking, and then the two is sitting back. So definitely more of like a sit back. Yeah. But then also you have you've got this are... you've got this reaver coming at you that you're going to have to deal with. So you're going to either shoot that, or you're going to ignore the stuff in the back that's doing damage to you. But then yeah. you've also got the uh, knights coming in the flank to you know mess around with warlords or whatever yeah. like that. So I felt. Like the list was really good. It gave I was a hundred points down from my opponent, so I got that initial that one extra stratagem point. So I feel like this. It, I I walked out of that game.
2: You have to I, be two hundred for that.
1: Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, sorry. <laughs> I cheated a little bit. Pretty sure. Um, anyway, it was uh, it was like it definitely felt like okay, like this list is more working to my playstyle. Yeah. Yeah. And definitely I think I wanna try this same list against you. Yeah, uh, before the weekend warriors just to Yeah, that's
2: tough, man. Your fucking your Legio trait rules are they're yeah. nasty. Like and when you combine that tough like wall thing with, like, these warlords that have extra fucking repair dice is really hard to deal with.
1: Well, I could be a total dick and just get a shield generator, too, and then stick that in the back with <laughs> the two things sitting in the back, and, but that that's not... I can't go that far.
2: Yeah. Maybe, maybe
1: against certain players, I'd maybe pull that card, yeah. but...
2: <laughs> yeah, it would be a lot, but, yeah, that was something that was nice, too, is the when I fought Phil, my Legia rules actually came into effect a little bit, which was cool. It was kind of one of the first times in a while, so... Actually Other had than that
1: Titans. last game that you and I played, and I just about flipped the table.
2: Yeah, that wasn't <laughs> my legio rules. That was my that was that was my, a strat. Oh, that was Le- strategy. strategy. I, I mean, my actual legio. Like, like, I'm yeah, saying okay. like okay. I was getting re rolls and like they get I you know I rolled ones a couple times and like re rolled them and they turned into sixes and I was like yes, so it's like it's actually pretty good. Like yeah, nice. Yeah.
1: So yeah, I think overall pretty good game. You got good. you got a uh, or not game. Pretty good day. Good day. But you had. uh I think you're the big winner too, because you you had Ray staying with you.
2: Yeah,
1: one of my new heresy boyfriends, and he looked fine at the event.
2: Yeah, who's all done up in like rave, rave. He had, he had
1: sweet ass tight tight uh, leggings on, a yeah. sweet little vest. You know, just top quality, dude. It was powerful. Yes, very powerful. <laughs> I'm sure you guys food later on that night.
2: Who knows. I'll never tell.
1: There was a, there's a, there, you, you felt that little pause, right? Yeah, I was really glad nice? that he came though. It's was good. <laughs> awesome. Well, hopefully we'll have, uh, another one of these moving forward. And just, I, I really love the yeah. the chill aspect of, uh, yeah, of totally. The day. And, and
2: I, I like, you know, I think we can say this, you know, we sort of, we're looking at it, we're trying to make it work because it's, they're not as big, right? The event. And, but like, the, with a the budget, it's pretty tough. So, like, we had I think what sixteen people show up. We were we we're, we're, we're gonna have NBA to retail. exactly so we're gonna have to eat a little bit of the cost on that, which is unfortunate, so we're trying to figure out a way that we can do like one day events, you know, but the threshold seems to be twenty ish people, but I think that we should consider maybe uh making warriors weekend this like this, not this year not not yeah. this year, but like in the future like. Maybe that can be our approach, so we can keep keep these open gaming things going. Because, like i I would like to have one structured and one not structured. Totally. It would be so re- much more relaxed and nice, you know. And
1: when it's not structured too, like all of us can play, and it's not exactly it's not like the day of. It's way more chills, and especially now that weekend warriors, we're gonna be able to drink on the floor. yeah,
2: exactly. It's like it's a perfect like gentleman's bar. Exactly. Ugh,
1: I can't wait. Totally. For it. It's gonna be awesome. Yeah. If you haven't got your tickets, go get your tickets. To Weekend. Do it. Do it. All right, John. I think uh, I think we're we're good. We'll get Teo's little rundown on our Titanicus event because I am interested to now that he's got a bit of time yeah. to think about it to get that. But uh, we, will, uh, we will we will we'll definitely see an event in the future from Boys of the Golden Throne of a more chilled, Soon. relaxed, uh, oh, come and hang oh, yes. with dudes event. So, if you couldn't make it to this past one, there'll be some in the future. So, speaking of future, we're going to go back to the past now and go back to past AJ and Caleb and Kat and talk about the very exciting new things that CK Studio has been doing in the last little bit. So, take it away, past AJ. Beam. And welcome back. We've got our very wonderful special guests. People have been to the show many times. Welcome back to the show, Kat and Caleb. Guys, thanks for coming back. Hi, Angie. How you doing? Oh, not thanks too bad. so much
3: for having us again.
1: Oh, of course. You guys are always welcome on. So you guys have been, uh, it's been a, a very Exciting 2000, I guess, end of 2019, beginning of 2020 for you guys. We've been trying to get you guys back on the show for a little bit and it's been crazy with scheduling, but I'm kind of like glad that we've not been able to get you on because now there's like some very exciting things happening in the CK world, or at least from My perspective—it's very exciting. Um, (laughs) But yeah, you guys recently did uh, a trip to GWHQ and actually sat down and did some training with the staff over there. Can you guys tell me a little bit about that? Mm -hmm. Because pretty looks pretty amazing. I think, like, yeah, it's amazing that you guys have gotten that. Must be like a benchmark at least for you guys.
4: yeah it was it was it was great i mean it it was definitely different um you know it we got we got invited back um G w was kind of interested in what we're doing with what c k studio is doing Um, you know, with the one-on-one classes, we're really pushing airbrushing, um, the, the, mainly their, their line of paints, which if you guys have been to my class, you guys have heard me, you guys hear me rave about the, the GW air paints. Yeah. Um, so we got, we got invited to go back there and, uh, kind of show the staff what was going on, um, show them a little bit about their product, which was really neat. You know, we get to show them our take on it. Maybe it's not quite the same take that everybody has um you know definitely we we play with things like the glazes um you know playing yeah. with the contrast with the airbrush i i don't think that that's what they envision the contrast <laughs> paints being used for
1: um i've heard was, justin you know, talking about that on the independent characters a bit that he's been really playing around with those contrasts quite a bit and shooting those and
3: oh yeah that was so exciting to watch the aha moments as caleb was teaching that stuff because they they've I don't think they had anticipated the use, kind of crossing lines like that. And Caleb just kind of, I think he dropped a few a jaws during class. with <laughs> it, was like, yeah, you can, you can do this with this too. And and that product line just expanded for them right in front of them. So way fun. Love those kind of moments. And Caleb, you you've been in Caleb's classes. You know how much fun it is when he teaches you something that you go. <gasps> Yeah. <laughs> not only can i do that but that was so cool yeah now i gotta figure out how to go home and do it again <laughs> yeah now I, it was neat
1: now i just hear always in the back of my mind when i'm like finishing like i'm always hearing like go just keep driving like keep going brighter go brighter go brighter and i'm even at home i'm always just like yeah maybe not maybe i won't do that next last step in my head that's caleb's voice yelling me at me to to go brighter and then I finished the model and I'm just like, <laughs> shit, I should have gone brighter. <laughs> but
3: <laughs> you know, we we need to make like some kind of like recording and like one of those, you know the the things from Staples when you hit the button and it makes a sound? <laughs> yeah. We need to do something like that where it's got a series of, of Caleb isms yes. from class. Go Trust brighter. The process. Push it. Go
1: Brighter. Trust <laughs> the... <laughs> okay,
3: okay. That's great. Calebism
1: <laughs> but that's that's really interesting that they like that you had those kind of reactions of you know that they would never think of you know playing or like you I almost find like you're like a you're like a, a laboratory worker with paints Caleb you're always trying different things and shooting different products and stuff like that so that must have been interesting to see those aha moments from GW who like produces the stuff.
4: Oh, and and that's what was so fun about it was, um, yeah, you know, man. You know, we we had one point where we're, we're teaching. Man, I don't even know. If I should share this story, but um, you know, we're teaching some of the Forge World artists, and they're, you know, they're all self-taught with airbrushing, and they they definitely use a lot of the, of the more, European style of painting with the airbrush and stuff like that. Taking the standard GW paints, um, thinning those, right. introducing those. And at one point, um, you know, it's pretty stressful too. You go into a, a class like that and you've got Pedro and I can, Drew. Yeah, man. I mean, you know. <laughs> painters that I have always like just looked up to and said you know those those guys are amazing and they're gonna sit in and learn a class from us I was like woo, you know so we went in there and just the basic things I I I popped open the the pot of GW air and I said okay so I'm gonna just kind of start base coating and I poured the pot into the brush and I started shooting and the guys in the back row were like whoa stop wait wait did you just did you just put that paint in the brush without thinning it? And they were they were just absolutely blown away.
1: But this is the airbrush that, line that you're doing that with.
4: Right. <laughs> and and um, they were just, you know, they were blown away by that. They are just like, we, we didn't know that was possible. Um, so that was neat, you know, teaching, showing those little things. And it shows that, you know, everybody's got something that they can show other people. Um, you don't have to be like top of the pyramid, you know, of painting skill to be able to show people, um, the, the tricks and techniques that you have. So that was, that was probably one of the highlights for me was, uh, getting to, to do that. Cause then it was just like, yeah, I mean, you guys, you guys gotta, you gotta play with this product you have because you won't believe it. And it, it really got them. I mean. Even, you know, painters, yeah, it's Forge World, which is a little different than the heavy metal guys, but right. it really got them excited for the product they have. And, and then they could really see why I have the excitement I have for it. Um, so that was fun. That's and amazing. then after that, after that, you know, the class just took off from that point. We really, we really had a good time. We really had a good time um, just showing everybody all the different little things that, that we can do with it. Um, I loved showing the glazes to them. Um, You know, showing showing that product because man, they they have a great product. I just think it was mislabeled a little bit.
1: So Um, they, but didn't they get rid of it? And then have they now come back within the new some of the new ranges? Because I thought like the I was looking for the green and the blue, um, the Waywatcher green, and I don't know what the blue one is off the top of my head. But I use them for my Alpha Legion. I was trying to search for them the other day, and they were. I couldn't find them. Sorry, are, the, are those? No,
4: oh, yeah, they're they're as of now they're they're not available. Ah. Um, they, they, they they did pull pull that line. Talking to them, they they said they just didn't sell. They just they you uh-huh. know, but I mean, you can understand that from the point of view of a of a regular brush painter is you know, are you going to spend the money to buy a glaze? Or would you just make a glaze out of the paint you're painting?
1: Right. You know,
4: and I think that was that was where I say it, it needs to be rebranded because it, it's not a glaze; it's a, it's a filter. Right. Um, you know, and all, all of you guys that have taken the, the CK Studios class, you guys know exactly what I'm talking about. By yeah. filters, I mean that that is probably one of the perfect filters. The contrasts are, are a close second but I still like the glazes a little bit better. Uh, I think they're just a little more forgiving. Um, So just kind of showing just, you know, the the different ways to to put their their products into play with the airbrush. And I I don't think that they considered um, even the contrast as being like a filter or anything like that. And if you guys watch the the GW videos that we did, um, you'll see the the very last video was, was our filtering technique. And using um, using one of the contrast paints to do it. Um, so, you know, it was it was interesting. I think it was a, a learning experience for both them and me. Uh, the biggest thing I came away from that was that Duncan and Peachy are masters at their craft. Okay. That shooting videos, doing the audio part of it, was the most stressful thing I have. Man, that was so stressful. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, that We're we're going to have to like potentially re-record our hobby segment music because with Duncan departing GW, like it's I I hope he still you know does video or there, I'm sure there's some bright future out there for Mr. Duncan Rhodes, but uh for I every time we bring up Duncan, I always have to do a shout out to maybe one of the greatest uh Facebook pages other than the CK Studio Alumni. Uh, group, but there's, there's a page called Undercoded Duncan Roads, and it's just like a whole bunch of hilarious Duncan Roads like memes and things like that. So if you guys are fans of his, you should definitely check it out. I'll, I'll invite you guys to it. <laughs> but I'm very curious with, with before we get to the, the videos, because that in itself is something pretty exciting. What was the format that you you did for the class like what what were you painting with oh with everyone and was it uh, like a, a two-day kind of 101 <laughs> class or what was uh how did you lay it out can,
3: can, I gotta preface this for you and then Caleb you can finish this because AJ you know what it's like to work with me and to set classes up and and what it's like to work with Caleb and we have we're very systemized we've got how many times do you get a list of things from me? We gotta get this. You I need yeah. you to go order all these products for me. We gotta have all this set up and it's gotta be ready at the venue. And there's a system to everything, right? I and is. this is how we run our class. And we know exactly going into it, what topic we're gonna be teaching and what models everybody needs to have, what color paints they need to have. And everybody's set when they go into a CK Studios class. Unless you're taking it at GW. <laughs> <laughs> And I'll let Caleb take it from there because this man was a magician on his feet of improvisational teaching that week. It was amazing. Oh man, amazing.
4: What yeah, happened? Um, well, you know, when, when we get invi- when we got invited to go there, um, we we asked a few times, like so okay what's what's the plan here what What would you like to see? what would you like us to do um you know where where you know where are we going to be at et cetera, et cetera And man, a lot of the times it was like, well, just you know just kind of just come teach
1: <laughs> okay.
4: And then, you know, so, so who who's going to be in the class? Well, you know, we're just – we're going to have some guys. New, you know, maybe we'll, maybe we'll have a couple guys from marketing and we'll have a couple guys from, like, products. And we'll have a couple guys. And I was like, okay, perfect. You know, we'll just go into it and we'll, we'll just kind of make, like, a basics class. And, yeah. you know, we didn't want to step on GW's toes with using non-GW products. But we did bring some non-GW products that we felt really – Add to the experience, you know, and and to to, to show a few of the things that we do and, you know, maybe, maybe encourage them to maybe include some of that stuff in upcoming lines or something, you know. Awesome. Um, So kind of got an idea, just a basic idea of what I'm going to do. And I'm thinking, you know, this won't be too bad. I can do kind of the basics, you know, and it's going to be a lot of people that just kind of want to learn airbrushing and yada, 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 you know. So like, my mindset's kind of like, good walk into the first class and I turn to cat and I say, cat there's Pedro and Borja and drew all sitting in the back row. <laughs> and I, I mean, you know, at that point, the whole plan just goes out the window Yeah, because these guys don't need to be taught the basics of thinning or uh, the basics of application. So, you know, cat, and Kat's so good at this, too. She just, you know, starts the class with her normal little, you know, discussion with the students. Well, what kind of experience do you guys have with airbrushing? You know, what are you after? Blah, 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 blah. And so they start talking about it And I was like, all right, well, let's just adjust this then. So, you know, the first class had to totally adjust. Pretty much made up a new class on the fly. Um <laughs> And, and and you know the things, that, the things that surprise you are the ones that you really got to kind of grab and run with. Like those guys being amazed that I didn't have to thin the paints. Right. And then I could actually go into like, well, look, let me let me show you a different way to airbrush. And it was really fun because it wasn't the technical aspects of it. It wasn't the the prescribed class. You know, where okay, we're going to go into our exercises. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. It was like. No, let's develop your guys' airbrushing techniques. Um, so that class was awesome. Walk into the next class, and the next class was marketing, and half the class had never even touched an airbrush. Right. So now, now you adjust the next class, and you you change. You know, you change the direction. And maybe I didn't get into the the, the harder techniques, or I didn't get into some of the the more Technical aspects of using the different products, it was more of an overview of, you know, this is how it works. This is what I'm going to show you. And so I got to go more into the kind of the basics. And then the next class we went, the last class that we did um, had bare bones beginners, but then it also had um, Duncan in it. It had uh, a, a couple of the heavy metal team in it. Um, that one was the most interesting because normally you know when you walk into a classroom like that you teach to the lowest level because you don't want to leave the other students so i really had to like hybrid that class and try to make application for everybody so then you know it was really jumping through subjects and very interesting They, they were all classes that i would never plan to teach okay um but yeah, they, they they didn't come out too bad.
1: So were they Nobody's... like a afternoon, like a morning session, afternoon session over, like, or all three of them were in one day, or over a couple days, or?
4: Yeah, it was it was two days of classes. Okay. Um Yeah, right. Yeah, two days.
3: Man, yeah, they, it was two days, and it was pretty cool because most everybody. Well, GW's never brought in outside instructors. Yeah, before. So it's amazing. <laughs> we had to do, yeah, it was, that was very cool. And that took months of them vetting us, um, at the conventions. So over okay. the course of like 18 months, I want to say, we couldn't figure out why GW kept bringing in all these managers to come and view us teaching at conventions. Uh... And so, they kind of built up and then all of a sudden it became this, well, would you guys be willing to come over and teach, you know, some classes to our teams on the airbrush line? And we're like, Well, yeah. <laughs> of course. <laughs> That'd be really cool. But then you get someone like Duncan in who we of course we admire and are fans of. And Caleb, um, some of his favorite artists that he's followed for years are or- in there and they've not ever had that experience of having a class. So you really, at GW, you really want to make sure that this was something special for them. So it was, it was really cool to watch Caleb in his moment. And I'm going to brag on him because he won't do this, but it was, it was very cool to see him in his element and be able to just tailor every single one of those classes to the students that were sitting in there and to really give them an experience beyond, Hey, we're just going to teach you about your product line and actually teach them about airbrushing. And it's been so much fun beyond that because we've seen these guys at, at just at LVO, And, and of course we keep in contact with them in the background. We're friends with a right. lot of these guys and talking to them. And the fact that, they weren't airbrushing before we went there and now all of these guys are airbrushing in their own hobby time and they have airbrushes around the studio now that they're all using. And it just, it, it was, yeah, it left a really good impression on them. And so Caleb being able to go in and tailor every experience for the group that was in there, like expanded those teams into using their product. And it was, that was really kind of one of those, Kind of pop your mind, kind of thing, because we didn't know what we were going into, honestly. I mean, we knew we had to go in and teach. We knew that we needed to focus on really giving them an exposure to what they have. But then we also taught their product development team that created the airline. They had never seen it in action. Oh, so that was cool.
1: Mind blowing.
3: And talk about, talk about some aha moments when Caleb <laughs> brought the glazes out that they hadn't seen in a while. And he said, this is what you should have been using these for. Let me show you something. Right. And they're all like, Oh, <laughs> okay. We need, we need, we need to talk now. And so that was, that was very cool. So it was, yeah, it was, it was a very unique experience. And I think it it really highlighted to me kind of a culmination of all these classes we've been doing for years that we've taught to different levels of students yeah. and even in a normal like when you're sitting in one of our classes that we've taught that you've been in and you're in there with students that you know they they're getting their first airbrush from us when they walk into that classroom they've never even set one up yet yeah. and they walk out with the same skill set that the more advanced users that have had their airbrushes for several years They're all walking out with with a fundamental ability to use the products that you have in front of them, and it kind of made it really cool when you realize that gosh, these guys never get this chance to to do this. You know, they don't they don't get to have classes here. They're GW, who you know they don't. You just assume they all have that kind of thing walking into their jobs. There, no, it was really kind of a special thing for them too. So it made for a cool environment.
1: Yeah, definitely, it was neat. Well, you know, as yeah. as someone that's taken your you know, two of your classes now and I Caleb, you are such a great teacher and that you can adapt and I've seen this happen where you've got, you know, like my first class, I was one of those people that I'd never well, I guess I had touched an airbrush, but I wouldn't really call it a real airbrush before and you know, I was setting up my gear for the first time and you're able to work with people like that, but then at the same time kind of switch on a dime and, you know, give advice in a different way to a more advanced user and and covering all the different levels. And not everyone, I've I've done a lot of different training classes for work purposes, and, you know, some people are really not good at doing that. They're really good at laser focus of, like, I'm going to give you a training on this and you need to be this certain level where people can't kind of do that juggling game and it's something i think that you really excel at so i'm uh not surprised that you're able to go in there and kind of you know take your loose plan and kind of throw it in the bin and then just make something up as you as you go um, doesn't surprise me whatsoever that that worked out positively so, what was it, the the you
3: you couldn't you couldn't see the oh shit factor going on with him at all the whole time? <laughs> but he was the whole time. He's like, oh my god, okay, 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 gotta make this work. Gotta make this work. You didn't know it. He kept it cool the whole time. It wasn't until afterwards that we had the little oh my god. Do you realize what we just did? <laughs> do you realize what we just pulled off? Woo. Okay. We gotta do this again tomorrow. Are you ready? <laughs>
1: <laughs> so so did once you get
3: that you... one done, it's
1: sorry. Go ahead. I was say
4: once you get that first one done, then it's cake again. But All right. Usually that first one, you know.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so when was that? When you um, did these videos? Was that that same trip? Was that just like later on in the day of day two, or come back for another day to do that?
4: yeah that was later on in the week um so we got to spend an entire week with the gw guys which oh, was wow. just a, a black i mean they, and they they really they really took care of us um man you know on a side note one of the things that me and Kat keep talking about this is probably the biggest thing that we took away from that is a real understanding of gw um I think a lot of us, especially here in the U S we look at GW as like this, uh, this big kind of mindless corporate monster that, you know, is, is rising, raising prices and they, they just want to sell models and, you know, they're, they're making rules to sell models and, you know, I, and you hear that enough. I mean, that was kind of the expectation, you know, that's <laughs> that's what we're, we're taught, And, uh, to get there and to see how passionate everybody is about the hobby, how would you love to have a job that it's mandatory for you to take at least an hour a day to go hobby?
1: Oh, God. Just,
4: just to go. is, there any, is there any company you know, like like a jet ski company that says, hey, we built jet skis, but one hour of the day, you need to go out and ride it. You just got to go rip. You need to ride it. <laughs> Just stuff like, you don't hear about stuff like that and that was really like the main focus there and then to go in and get to tour you know we got to tour some really neat stuff and to see the passion that the guys have there and why the design studio is designing the things that they're designing um you know um the whole time that we were in there talking about the the airbrush line and stuff like that. Never once did it go, well, we need to do this because we can increase our overhead by this much, or we can get this much profit. It was like, we need to fill our lineup with hobby with, with these materials because the hobby needs it because the community needs it. Um, you know, that, that, that was like the whole motivation of it and to see, see how it was structured. Um, just to see the, the people in place. And I, I want to say they were really professional, but they weren't detached from the hobby professional. They were professional, but yet they were still like in the hobby. So man, you just walked away from that with a total, I don't know. I just have a total different outlook on, on GW, like as a whole now, like, like the whole entity of it. I was just like, wow. Um, and and that just kept getting reinforced through, throughout the entire trip. Was mm-hmm. was how that was. The video guys are really really good, and they are they are pros at what they do. Um, you don't realize it until you get in there to do it. Uh, <laughs> um, the The first video, if you guys saw the first video, it's it's about thirty seconds long. So how they set it up was they had us go in and do the audio first they recorded all the audio and okay. then after all the audio was done then I would actually sit down and do the airbrushing and do the demonstrations and uh, that first 30 second video took <laughs> about what would you say two hours <laughs> two to
3: three hours yeah um, yep. and they were so patient oh my god they were so patient about it
1: it's it's a different world, eh? When you step behind, like you you think it looks easy, and then you go to do something like that, and it it becomes very clear that it's uh, a whole. There's a whole different ball game going on than what you you think of, and you're mm-hmm. you need to be so particular about the way you speak and you're pronouncing properly and timing and all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. That when you're just uh, as a viewer watching it. You, you don't think about those things, but suddenly then you've got the cameras on you and the mics near you and you're just like, Oh God, I'm, I got to be on. And yeah, it's, it's a different, different experience. You got
4: this, yeah. You got this super bright light shining in your eyes, you know, the whole time you're trying to focus on that. You're trying to focus on what you need to say. And you don't want to sound like you're reading from a script and you want it to be natural. You know, teaching is so much easier. So, <laughs> I, would, I would get up and teach in front of a hundred people before i would get in front of a camera <laughs> I mean, it was just a man yeah it was i got better i got better by the yes. end of it I got, he did. I got better um i i Once personally the i can videos. i can't i can't even watch them because i'm just like oh my god it's so terrible
1: you try editing <laughs> but, podcasts, listening to your own voice for a couple hours. Oh, super fun! Yeah,
4: <laughs> but the, but the nice thing was, in the next day, we just did the painting part of it, and that's when I, you know, I was in my element at that point, and right. we were we were able to get through everything so quickly when it went to the painting. A lot of people ask, like, how many takes did it did it take to pour the pot into the into the <laughs> and You know, and honestly, I could tell well, one.
1: Yeah.
4: Because I do this all the time, you know. I mean, literally what I was showing everybody was what I do all the time. So that was super easy. Now, how many takes did it take to say Citadel (laughs) Citadel (laughs) Air Paint Range? Yes. That took an amazing amount of time because it was (laughs) Citadel Air Paint Line. Yeah. Now it sounds like it's an airline, Citadel Airline, Citadel Paint Line. Well, no, it's not air.
3: Citadel Air. It took like forty-five takes. It was hilarious.
1: Yeah. I uh, I, I experienced a bit of that when I went on the forty K channel with David Brains, and you know, it's it's like you're you're playing a game, but it's not like you're playing a game in the basement with your buddy. Where you're not saying, okay, well, I'm doing this and I'm rolling to uh, to shoot against this guy and it's hitting on a four plus, and then you you'd be saying all these things and then Dave would be like, actually, it's a it's a five plus. It's like shit, have to restart or you know, saying the trying to get the the unique words out of your mouth properly. Like there's some weird (laughs) name things in in this game, right? So uh, yeah, it's always and then you get the pressure of of like shit, I just messed that up five times in a row. I gotta get it this time. And then damn it, <laughs> on to take seven. <laughs> <laughs>
4: take yeah. <laughs> Intro to airbrush, take seventy
3: three. <laughs> uh, it was so fun. It was so fun to watch. Oh my gosh, because he. D- I don't see Caleb get a nerve very often. <laughs> He was, I don't think he slept the night before we went in to do that first filming at all. <laughs> <laughs> it was just, so that was awesome, but he nailed it. He, you know, and, and that goes back to what he was talking about. And it's working with those teams. And when we were, uh, we got, we had a really unique experience. Um, when we would get there every day, we had to go and check in with security and they give us our badges. And it's a big campus, you know, like a kind of think of, um, a tech campus where you have to have your security badge let you into certain parts of the facility right. and i think we had access to the entire facility except for the part that we probably really wanted to go into which was the studios the painting studios oh. we weren't allowed to go there we probably didn't get access they were
1: working on some secret stuff that they didn't want you to see yeah some models and but
3: we- Mm -hmm. But we actually got to go in and go into product development, go into marketing, go into and work with all these different teams in the different departments. And it was so synergistic across the entire campus, that level of energy and respect for the product that they they work on and produce and how much everybody is completely devoted to the community experience was absolutely amazing and it wasn't like this was written everywhere and they were all filed, you know following some set rules and it's right. you know this mission statement that they're all trying to accomplish together it is so inherent for that entire company to be like that and it's so community driven and they they're literally all about making the experience better for their community. And I would not call that and lay over to say their consumer. It is their community. And to stop at the end of the evenings and hang out in Bugman's Bar and have drinks with everybody and you'd be sitting there talking. And they're like, hey, dude, I got a jet. I got to go over here. We're going to go play a game. And so they get off work and then they go into Warhammer World and they're playing games on the tables out there against each other or they have friends coming in and they're all gamers, too. It was it just it all came full circle. I mean, it was it was very groovy to see. Very, very groovy to see. And we walked away with so much respect for that company and the people working there and how incredible. Incredibly passionate everybody is
1: well I, I i i when that when those videos came out i was like lying in bed at 6 45 in the morning and just checking my email waiting for my turn in the shower and just like saw the video came up and i immediately got up and i like was so excited for you guys that i had to tell someone so i like ran into the washroom to show my wife and shower like look it's cat and caleb they're they're on games workshop and she's like got shampoo in her hair she's like why are you telling me this like i haven't had coffee like leave me alone but i was very happy for you guys and like immediately you know sent you guys a message just like this is so cool like it's it's uh it it must be an honor like there there must be a little bit of an honor there for being the first outsiders to come in and teach them and to you know uh, get videos up there and and just spreading even that there didn't it didn't say ck studios in in there we all know where you're coming from so it's it, it hopefully uh you guys see a, a little bump in numbers from from that and i know you guys are gearing up for the this season you guys have already been doing some traveling and just got back from lbo and so what other, other things do you have uh here on the horizon coming up
3: Oh, I think I'll talk about this for a little bit, Caleb, if that's okay. Absolutely. Uh, I love talking about our schedule. So, and this is kind of fun. We just have been working on our schedule. So, um, coming up right away, um, you guys are going to be hearing about this, and this can this some of you might have the opportunity to jump in on this one because this is like right happening right now. And February 29th and March 1st, um, Justin's kicking off his his 2020 year, and he'll be doing a 101 in his home area. So that's really groovy. We've done a lot of classes there in the Bay Area and bringing the 101 back. Um, <clears throat> that one's fun because we have people that travel from up in your area and yeah. all around the, the, like literally the Western half of the United States ends up in the Bay area because it's real easy to get to. Yeah. So we're going to kick off Justin's season, February 29th and March 1st in the Bay area with one one And then we're kind of playing a, a little bit light in March because Kayla, myself, Justin and Vince are all teaching at, uh, Mart, or at Adepticon. So we're not going to throw any other classes in. That's going to be a pretty epic experience this year. Yeah. Um, cannot tell you guys, all of your, your fans and followers out there, if you get a chance to go to Adapticon this year, cannot emphasize enough for you if you are GW fans and a lovers of what's going on with them. They are going all in this year for what they're doing at Adapticon, and it's going to be one of the biggest shows they've ever put on. So it's we can't talk about it right now i'm just gonna say get to Adepticon this year if you can it is the show to get to of course golden demon's going to be there and that's another reason why we're really not doing anything in march because i think everybody on our our studio team is competing except
1: right on yes
3: yes so we'll leave March open for that. But then we jump right into April, and we're going to do some, um, a couple of repeat performances here. We're going to land back down in L.A. with Caleb and I, um, April 18th and 19th. We're going to follow up the, the L.A. Azusa Pacific 101. We're going to be doing a follow-up to that with our 102 And so that one will be in April, and that same weekend, April eighteenth, nineteenth. Justin's actually going to be in Birmingham, Alabama, for their first class in Alabama that we've ever thrown with a one hundred and one. And yeah, and we're working with the Warhammer forty K couple, Ethan and Amanda. They're the ones that are coordinating that class. So that's been a lot of fun. Um, And then this kicks off our season to get into the UK um these dates are still kind of tentative as of right now because we're still waiting for a solid on when warhammer fest is going to be landing Uh, um but we're we're assuming that warhammer fest is going to be the first week of may this year um so these dates may be a little bit fluid but we're pretty solid on the fact that we're teaching all these classes the weekends just may shift a little bit um but we're going to be doing uh
1: are you trying to pivot that around so you can attend uh warhammer fest
3: Oh yeah. We'll oh, okay, be going sweet. to UK to do Warhammer Fest. We may or may not be doing some stuff with, um, with them. They've not brought in outside artists to do things, but they've been talking to us about potentially doing some airbrushing things there. Um, maybe some big seminars.
4: Right on. So we
3: got to nail all that down. Don't know, don't know for sure if we're going to do any of that because they're in the process of transitioning some stuff mm-hmm. around Warhammer Fest. So, but we will definitely be there. Um, wherever that lands the weekend before um, with a class, a one-on-one class on the Saturday, Sunday before Warhammer Fest. And then the Monday, Tuesday after that with a one Oh three night Titan class. Um, And then we'll have Vince there the week after warhammer fest and he'll be doing a character class in london and then a monster class in london so he'll do a thursday friday saturday sunday so we'll have four workshops going on uh, between those two weekends that that smash up against warhammer fest and i would imagine bence will probably be competing at warhammer fest again if caleb has time to get stuff done he'll be entering too so that's kind of exciting yeah um very exciting in fact and then in may also justin will be out at the battle barn in indy with ryan kimmel oh, and jealous you know that one uh, I know yeah that spot
1: oh that's gonna be too much fun uh i'd yeah. want i would want to go for the the post the post class fun that will probably ensue <laughs> with mr kimmel it
3: will ensue, and with justin definitely yeah, a party yeah. will be and so he'll be out there the last weekend of May and then um, I'll just give you a couple more dates here because we're settled out all the way to like August I think so June we'll be returning in June to Lansing, Michigan with Vince and the 103 night Titan class and then Caleb and I are going to hit Houston at Atomic Games and do a 102 so we'll return to Texas to do a 102 um, and that's going to be really fun. We work with, you know, John Trotman, don't you? Uh, no,
1: you know, I, John, don't, I don't
3: think so. He's someone we, we need to introduce you to at some point. Cause you guys would hit it off. All so, right. I mean, so fabulously. So we work with John down in Texas. And so he set up a game, uh, at atomic games for us to do a one Oh two down there. And then, um, looking at some dates for June, July to do Minneapolis again and get that one set up. That'll be really fun for Justin. Um, Minneapolis is one that we've done a couple of classes at and he'll be doing that play smaller class, which is really fun. And then, um, July, now we hit the fun stuff is doing Victoria, British Yay. Columbia with, With you and we're looking at one of two options for the class. Caleb and I kind of need to nail that down, but it'll either be the night class or it'll be the vehicle uh, unit class. So um, maybe even by the time this airs, we might have that settled out and up and published. So keep an eye out on that, everybody that um, is up there and Boys of the Golden Throne fans. We're going to be back July 11th and 12th. And AJ is working tirelessly in the background to find us a cool spot to teach everybody in. Yeah. And then um, that's going to be so much fun. God, we would love. Do you realize that is one of our very favorite favorite events of the year is to go up there and like you can't get away from having us there every july now i'll
1: take you guys every every july just keep on coming we'll (laughs) we'll keep putting classes on if you keep coming so yeah it's awesome
3: (laughs) you're so third year in a row Yep, it is and we just god to get to go spend part of the summer in victoria it's just uh that's just amazing but um We're going to be at likely be at Gen Con end of July, beginning of August. Um, We're waiting on some information from them to determine if we're going to make it out there. But that's tentatively on our schedule. Would you say it's tentative at this point, Caleb, to be at Gen Con or is that a solid
4: (sighs) It's tentative still? In fact, uh, we just we just yeah, we got some emails back. We need to. OK. But.
3: okay. Yeah, we're we're working through that one to get that all lined up, um, where GW is really awesome about providing all of our models for the different conventions that we do. So they've already agreed to give us the models that we need for Gen Con. We just need to work with the event to make sure that we want to do it. Um, <clears throat> and then the last one that we really have are there's two of them. In August, um, we're going to be back in Boston again for a 102 with um at alpha omega hobby in the end of august and that'll be caleb and i Um, boston venue is an absolute blast so for all of our northeasters that are looking for a class definitely hit boston at the end of the year in august and then september is kind of a little bit of a time out for us um caleb's son plays football so we want to make sure that september and october is open it's gonna be a senior year for football so caleb wants to definitely be there for yeah pretty rad so caleb wants to be there for all the home games and all the games he possibly can be so we're just going to leave that wide open for him to get to do that because get his son won't be a senior in high school again so Major important. Um, we might throw another class in Utah with Justin during that time, but that's to be determined. And then, last one I'll tell you about is clear out in November. And that's going to be, um, you know, Ed and Blake, right?
1: Yes, of course.
3: You <laughs> will be. We're going to be doing a class down there, November 14th and 15th. I believe that's down in Palmdale, California. Um, Ed and Blake are going to be hosting an event or a venue at their, I I don't know what the venue is. It might be um, their studio. It's it's at Ed's house. Yeah. Right on. And I believe we're doing the one-on-one there. Yeah, we're working with uh, one of our students from our LA classes, um, Cheyenne, and he's he's setting that up with them. So that's clear out in November, but yeah, it's a, a little bit to do. Oh man, um, you, sh- you
1: should just you <laughs> should just hit the the record button on someone's laptop and just record that entire entire class <laughs> just for the banter between well, just for Blake <laughs> and basically. <laughs>
3: I should, I should live feed just the audio of it. Yeah. Just, yeah.
1: (laughs) Just live stream it with, you know, an explicit warning.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. That'd be so much fun. That one's going to be really enjoyable. And we've wanted to do something with them for years. So they've always been pretty cool about having us on their podcast. and Caleb, especially, um, they'll take time to, to have him on there. I think it's, Primarily, so they can just harass him. But that's that
1: sounds about right.
3: (laughs) (laughs) He's got thick skin most of the time. So yeah, it's um, it's looking like a pretty solid year so far. We'll be updating by the time you you by the time this airs, um, which is like tomorrow, right? Uh, (laughs) Yes, when the (laughs) listeners are listening to
1: this, for them it will be be yesterday.
3: It'll be like right now. Yeah, exactly. So as they're listening, um, like right now, guys, we will have the schedule. You should be able to go find our updated schedule on the CK Studios um, studio page on Facebook. So go to Facebook and look for CK Studios. Um, You can find our updated schedule there and then links to go over and register for the classes. Um, I think we have a little link right there on our studio page that says register here or (laughs) to that effect on our our homepage on Facebook. And you can just pop on over and, and see what classes are already up and for sale. So, yes, we're very excited. It's another, wow, fourth year of this another packed year already and yeah we're getting requests a lot of requests to throw classes right now so we'll probably be filling Justin's schedule out and filling um Vince's schedule out quite a bit more too
1: Very very cool. <clears throat> well I, I'm glad that it, things are obviously looking like they're they're going up for you guys and I can't wait to have you guys back up here in July no matter what we do I mm-hmm. I really could either way if we do knights or we do the infantry vehicle i know that i will be there and be stoked for it either way so um i'm definitely looking forward to seeing you guys up here again and uh yeah as always you guys are always welcome to come on and uh and chat and uh yeah i look forward to hopefully some more uh you know collaboration with gw from you guys and uh and see what else fun and exciting things ck studio has in the future
3: well you know if anything fun and exciting happens <clears throat> we like to come to you to, to kind of talk about it first so we'll, we'll definitely be letting you know and um, keep you up to date on the cool cool happenings um if we make changes to our schedule or anything like that but if we could just like one of these years more up in victoria figure out a way that we can do a class outside oh, I'm just gonna throw that out there
1: I, yeah that'd be cool I well if, if only I that'd had my old big be- big deck. That's what I used to do all the time was John and I and Teo, we'd occasionally just set up I've got like a big tent, mm. which we'd set up on my back porch, my old place that you guys have been to and we'd just have, get like a gaming table going, get the, the cooler full of beers, have the airbrush station going, one person would be painting, two people would be playing good times. Definitely good times, mm. but uh, yeah, I don't know. It it could be, it could be, it could go either way because, you know, we could think of, you know, the, the first time I got, I came to your class in Seattle, we had that heat wave. And then the first time you guys came here, we mm-hmm. had that heat wave. So you never know. Mm-hmm. You know it could be,
3: yeah that's it could true. be a
1: good idea. It could be a bad idea. It's like, oh, the glare.
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. The paint's drying before it leaves. The yes, airbrush. Exactly.
1: <laughs> Well, I will show you guys one thing before we uh we sign off here, so I recently have gotten my mojo back and gotten into my Alpha Legion, which was what I painted up in the first class that you guys that we had you guys up here to Victoria, and the other last weekend, I finally went back and like finished all the detail. I'm just showing Cat and Caleb on the camera here.
3: Oh, my God, that's so cool. Look at your jet. Yeah.
1: And it is looking awesome. Like, I, I've now painted, I think there's 35 plus infantry that have gone along with it. And I'm nice. I'm like, I'm thinking, like, this might be the the best stuff I, I've done. Very different in terms of the schemes that I've done. But it was one of those things that I as soon as i got out of the class i was like so hyped on it so i went and i batch painted did the the base colors on everything and then i started to do assembly line of like all four, thirty five, forty 35 40 infantry all at once and it just broke me but then i've gone back <laughs> now and and it's like past aj was looking out for future aj because past aj did like most of the work and now it's just like the the little details to finish it off so it's really been coming out really quickly and it's so awesome to now finally see it come together because it was it was like in my shame pile where i was like this is gonna look so awesome i just i couldn't get back into it now i'm finally like got the mojo back and it's turning out really well so thank you guys for showing me all, oh, yeah. all the tricks yeah
3: so. Oh my gosh, I can't well it'll be done by July when we see you. Oh
1: yeah, well th- maybe not the six drop pod or dread claws that go along with it, but uh definitely all the infantry <laughs> will will be done for sure. So I'll show it off nice. to you guys when you're out uh, here.
3: That's so cool. So
1: yeah, go to uh go do a CK studio class. People get out there to them. It can only help your game and get you beautiful models and new skills so uh yeah thank you guys mm-hmm. for coming back on and we'll talk to you guys again soon
3: talk to you later thanks aj
1: no problem thanks, AJ. all right we'll come back and close out the show And welcome back to the closeout of the show. You have NPR AJ here with you to land this pig. So big thanks to Kat and Caleb for once again coming on the show and telling us all about their wild and crazy travels and all the fun uh, events coming up in the near future here. Looking forward to having them back uh, this July. So uh, I also wanted to do a a shout-out to my handsome co-hosts. They aren't here right now, but, uh, you know, they need a shout out every once in a while. You know, those little, uh, the, the coach pat on the bum is, is what this is. So, uh, love you boys. Uh, so go and check us out. We are on Facebook at boys of the golden throne, Instagram on botchie T30 K. It's been a while since I posted I know it's be bad, uh, I, I promise I'll try to get back on and get, get into the Instagram thing again. Life's just been crazy. But someone who is posting a lot on Instagram is Big John West. So uh check out Big John West. That's John J O N West. One big word on Insta. Uh and if you're in the Dynamo area, you can go and dry some of uh Teo's meat at Famous Frank's. Get yourself a big juicy dog. Mm. Uh, also, check out Everything Games uh, for all your hobby supply needs here locally in town in the Victoria area. And if you're in the Vancouver area or you're just in the Lower Mainland or on the island, go over and check out the Spire. Uh, Brendan's rocking some amazing things. And it sounds like the 40K scene is is kicking up a little bit more over there. So... Uh, If you're into 40K, you can also check them out as well. Necromunda, uh, Heresy, good place to look for dudes. And if you want to learn some awesome painting tips, the Spire is the place to be. Um, We also have the Weekend Warriors happening April 18th and 19th. Uh, Tickets are on sale currently. You can get the link through our show notes or also go to our event page, and there is a link within there. Uh, and then we have the Bocce T's twelfth inaugural Big D event happening June sixth and seventh. So we are already just over halfway sold out. So if you are tickets are only being on sale for for a couple days. So if you are interested in coming, pick up your tickets ASAP. Um, also, if you're in the Toronto area, go and check out Maple Mart. It's a paradise for hobbyists, and I'm. Kind of glad that I don't have it, but also I'm kind of jealous to all you Torontonians or people in the Ontario area that uh, can make a trip there. It's well worth a trip if you're not from (laughs) Toronto and you're like an hour-ish away. Like drive it, or hour, what am I talking about? It takes an hour to get like anywhere in Toronto. So two hours, hop in your car, go check out Meeple Mart. Good shit. Um, And that's about it. So hugs and kisses from me, and uh, we'll catch you at our next episode. Peace out.